This is the end. My only podcast, the end. Our elaborate plans, the end. Every botch that stands, the end. No safety or surprise, the end. I'll never talk about WWE again. All right. <laughs> Welcome to episode 100, Woo! The Death of TNF. <laughs> time, time to get in our coffins, boys. Welcome to the final episode of Then Now Forever podcast. The last time we will talk about wrestling in the podcast form. I'm Darren. I'm Ivan. And I'm Jake. Goddamn. <laughs> and here we are back in uh, the, the old studio. sweat box, the studio, where we did... Hey, don't forget that fucking classic character who loves to circle pit, <laughs> goddammit! Alright, see you guys later! Have fun in the fucking grave, so, bitches! So not the Big Bopper? <laughs> oh no, he's dead. <laughs> he's really dead this time. So that's canon? That's canon. That's, that's there. I got a long history of complicated canon. Listen, I'm going to dust off all my classic characters. Yeah, go ahead. Dust yourself off. Try again. I don't even think the Circle Pit guy actually ever showed up before. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying That was just something we were just goofing off in the van. Is that I just think, Boston on a, on a, Hardcore guy? Yeah, that was just Boston Hardcore guy or okay. something. Or Danville Hardcore guy. <laughs> Fucking circle pit, goddammit, this despised icon show sucks! <laughs> to burn the skies. <laughs> I wish we were in fucking Danville instead of Oakwood. <laughs> Where the trash is real. <laughs> that's some true central Illinois riffage right there. Oh yeah. yeah from 15 that's years a, ago. That's some fucking inside baseball for, I don't know. For none of our listeners. For the band for members. For all you fucks on the Scandinavian Peninsula. <laughs> don't think we forgot about you. Maybe Bookmobile will hear our last episode and get a kick out of the Danville humor. By the way, I want to thank all of our listeners in Lithuania. Ooh. Oh, all of them. And Belarus. Whoa, they're still like under like a fucking monarch and shit. And they can listen to us. They choose what little freedom they have to listen to our podcast. You get two podcasts a week. Choose wisely. <laughs> well, I guess I'll go with this one. This seems like the, the least. As of late, I only get to listen to it once a month, so... <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, listeners, also, uh, if you want to listen to any of our old episodes, do it before July 15th, because that's when I'm canceling our SoundCloud. Thing. Yeah. But we'll still have, like, a couple free episodes out. Yeah, the best ones. But the ones on Spotify, or is that carry over from the SoundCloud? I, they'll, content, they'll carry over. So be there sure to check out all the archives on Spotify. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, just just the few episodes that we're keeping on SoundCloud will transfer for over to Spotify. Oh. So. Really, this is like 80K get caught up if you're not caught up. This is really <laughs> what we're saying. Pretty much, yeah. We know you work from home. We know you just moved. You, you just got time. Living in Pennsylvania. I think half our fan base is in Pennsylvania. Just <laughs> it's Aaron and Miles. Two. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Well... Shall we? I think you uh, mean well. Go on. Well, it's a big show. <laughs> you got my ass. You got my. It's very nice that we're all here together doing this. Yeah, I've been for the last time. I can't believe it. all shirts off. You know, just spinning each other's faces. <laughs> <laughs> we all we all trust each other. We have small circles. We uh, run with and work with and whatnot. So yeah. I think we're okay. We're responsible people. I am. <laughs> okay, fine. I made out with someone. Nice. But it was mask on, so okay. does it even count? Masks were <laughs> how much spit? Oh, uh tons, but <laughs> just in the masks. Wet? <laughs> yes, wet spit. Stop wringing <laughs> out the fucking masks after. Oh shoot. Shit, man, fuck. Uh so, yeah, this is the last episode. We're ending it because we have lives. Uh, mm-hmm. We all... Much more than we did two years ago or whatever. Yeah, I mean, two Ooh, years ago, two years. we Good all Lord. worked full-time, and Ivan and I still work full-time. Jake is a father. Full-time. In case you haven't heard Ramona on this podcast before. She's famous. With her little... <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, we're we're moving on because well, this isn't generating money, but we're having fun. <laughs> oh, it, if that's not, not obvious important. yet, <laughs> give us another five minutes to really get rolling. <laughs> Good point. Uh, I think we'll wrap things up at the end of the episode with uh, personal speeches and whatnot. Speech. So, fuck it. <laughs> Let's get into it. On this day! On this day! Old school edition, paper edition. Didn't realize we're getting right into it. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to get to obviously the last ever Robbers Nitro. Last. But we're going to start over there in 2002. On this day, June 19th edition, of course. Uh, happy Juneteenth, everyone. Yes. Um, uh, on this day in 2002, NWA TNA Weekly Pay-Per-View number one. TNA debuted as a company 18 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Uh, they outlasted. Uh, they've uh, they've already been around longer than WCW was. They've been around longer than uh, friggin' uh, ECW was. Uh, they really... Throwing a lot of people's expectations of them out the window because I, I thought they were going to close so long ago. Every single person yeah. alive did. And now Rusev's <laughs> probably going there. Yeah. So there's that. And EC3, I think, is going back. But on this this first show, Ken Shamrock defeated Malice to capture the NWA world title in the main event right after they both finished as the final two in a gauntlet for the gold. Wow. Malice, you would remember him from WCW as The Wall. 
Oh shit though. Oh yeah. god damn. AKA like like Sergeant A Wall or whatever the fuck he was in uh, Mission in Action. And of course Shamrock still going strong in TNA. Back in after, TNA, baby. A little break there. That yeah. must be like Kid Shamrock follows me on Twitter. Oh damn. Yeah. <laughs> he must just vibe with that company. I mean, obviously it's less obligation than a bigger company and that's probably more conducive to what he wants to do as an MMA guy and just doing whatever the hell he wants when he wants. Yeah. Like, I've heard that, you know, he could have been a pretty big star in WWE, but just didn't like the travel schedule. He's like, man, I could get paid more money and just fight three times a year and then do whatever the fuck I want. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And you're not going to bring my sister in for Val Venus to fuck. (laughs) That was a a stripper. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) But needless to say... Storylines, storylines. Uh, on this day, 2005, uh, Ring of Honor, Best in the World. A lot of shit happened on this day uh, in, uh, on, on June 19th, historically, but I only went through a handful of stuffs. But there's a bunch of cool New Japan shit that happened on this day, and we're not going to talk about any of it. Uh, just because yeah, ran out of space on the paper. <laughs> uh, 2005, Best in the World, Jay Lethal defeating Jay Briscoe to capture the ROH world title and successfully retain the TV title. In a title versus title match. Mm. This was in the right smack dab in the middle of his like historic TV title reign. And the beginning of his, obviously his world title reign. I think he held that world title until Cody took it off of him, maybe? I don't know, for like a full year. Um, and it's a long time. It was like, yeah, it was like peak Jay Lethal. Like he's, and then, of course, they, they blew it. But, uh, you know, it's ROH. Uh, maybe they're on the upswing right now. Because he, he was feuding with Roddy, but Roddy never got it. No, I think Roddy may have gotten the TV title off of him, but okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. On this day, 2016, Money in the Bank. Uh, all members of the Shield held the WWE title that night. Just wanted to bring that up. Um, uh, Roman Reigns walked in with the title, lost the lost the title to Seth Rollins. Dean Ambrose captured the old Money in the Bank uh, briefcase and then cashed in on Seth uh, right after Seth won. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So Seth was only champion for like eight seconds. Wow. <laughs> but, yeah, that's just a fun thing that I, I is always just sort of a cool, fun little anomaly that happened. Yeah. On this day, Robbers Nitro 2000 edition, final edition. Oh. I'm going to go down the entire card for each show, and then we're going to talk about how Raw has pretty much consistently been better. But, Nitro. Three count, defeating the Jung, the, the Jung Dragons, if you remember that. Which oh, is, man. Uh, Jamie Noble wearing a mask so no one could tell that he wasn't uh, an Asian man. Yep. Uh, Jimmy and, Wang Yang. Jimmy Wang Yang, and... Ooh, I never remember Kaz. Was it Kaz? I can't remember. Something like that. Guy. I can't remember the third guy. Uh, three count, uh, what, Sugar Shane Helms, Evan Courageous, and Shannon Moore. Oh, Shannon Moore. <laughs> ink, ink. <laughs> uh, up next, you had Big Vito retaining the WCW Hardcore title by defeating Johnny the Bull. And, of course, a Hardcore Rules match. Up next, Goldberg defeating uh, Horace Hogan. Who would have saw that coming? Then <laughs> Kevin Nash defeating Ernest the Cat Miller. Who would have saw that coming? Then Lieutenant Loco defeating Rey Mysterio Jr. and the artist. The uh, artist, of course, the artist formerly known as Prince Iakea, Darren. Okay. Okay. That was a three-way <laughs> match. 
Uh, you had Chuck Palumbo and Sean Stasiak defeating the Dogface Gremlin Rick Steiner and Tank Abbott in a tag match there. Good lord. <laughs> right? Wait, that was that was Steiner's actual... Uh, the Dogface Gremlin? I'd never heard that before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because he's fucking dog-faced. Sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> Why can I not... Does anyone else just hear Sean Stasiak's name and just laugh? He's <laughs> just like, you blew it. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad was a former WWWF champion, and you are... You were meat. <laughs> <laughs> just him just looking around crazy, and then that team-up with Lesnar. <laughs> fucking Planet Stasiak. Good God. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think he might have actually achieved his full potential. <laughs> Maybe. I think he as overstepped a, his as, potential. As a comedy act. Uh, up next, you had Chronic and Buff Bagwell defeating the Jersey Triad of uh, Bam Bam, Chris Candido, and Shane Douglas in a six-man tag. Your main event that night saw Jeff Jarrett defeating Scott Steiner. Over Ugh. on... Rod, don't dare disparage Big Papa Pump, but Jeff Jarrett fucking sucks. We all agree, right? (laughs) The workers seem to like him, but the fans just... He couldn't get it through his tiny little THC brain. They didn't draw dime one. Uh, Over on Raw that night, let's see here. You had Kurt Angle defeating Bubba Ray Dudley to kick off the show. Then you had Chris Benoit defeating X-Pac. Then you had Eddie Guerrero defeating China. Then Chris Jericho defeating Edge. Then Undertaker defeating Big Boss Man and Bill Buchanan in a handicap match. Rikishi defeating Scotty Too Hotty for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. 2000, they would have been tagging together still. Um, I bet Triple H made him do it. Probably. As punishment. Yeah. Uh, Look at my fucking nose. <laughs> it's huge. Uh, Kane defeating the Hardy Boys in a handicap match. Mm-hmm. Crash Holly defeating Hardcore Holly via DQ, the only match that didn't have a definitive finish between either shows this night. In 2000, you In say. 2000, I say. Uh, and then the main event of Raw saw The Rock defeating TNA in a handicap match, that being, of course, the pairing of Test and Albert. Of course. Trish Stratus at ringside. Boom, More boom. than likely. <laughs> boom, boom, Bill. So, Raw, or Metro Boys. You bet. Yeah, I'm going to go with Raw just with an honorable mention that I would have liked to watch the three-count Gilmore <laughs> Dragons right. match because they have some pretty great workers in Jimmy Wang Yang. Um, yeah. Well, and, uh, the fun fact is you probably could have watched Helms that. And, uh, because remember, Nitro used to start five minutes early? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Just to try to get the audience before Raw could get it. Man, they were desperate. Cutthroat. Yeah. Uh, I didn't look up the final tallies of this because I hadn't been keeping track, but I'm pretty sure Raw has won Raw vs. Nitro by a landslide. At yeah. least the 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Easy. Undeniably. You gotta go into the <clears throat> mid-90s if you want WCW to win. I mean, when did Nitro launch? 96? 96? 95? No. I'll say 95. When, yeah, Well, Hogan showed up in 94. Yes? Yes. Yeah, he showed up in 94, and their debut episode was in Minnesota, but I don't remember the, like, the date was, or anything It was like September that. 4th, 1995. You know, the very 95. first match on, on Nitro was, of course, Jushin Thunderliger versus Brian Pillman. 
damn, I didn't... <laughs> it's so weird to think of Pillman <laughs> on an episode of Nitro. That right. seems just insane. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I think Nitro probably had okay programming from maybe their initial offerings to probably about the end of 98 was okay. Yeah. And then after 98... Pretty convoluted. Everything was probably pretty bad. <laughs> even 98 sounds like a rough year internally, right. even if the fans maybe were a little more responsive. <laughs> they kind of run NWO into the ground at that point in time. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they do that in 97, but they <laughs> really do it in 98. When did debut? 97. Late, late. Okay. Oh, that was 96. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bash of the Beach, 96. Ma- but it was like mid-year. Yeah, it was July so, 7th. Okay. Yeah. It was my birthday. <laughs> yeah. I remember. WCW. All right. IndyCar. Yeah. New Japan's back. Yeah. Again, not really an indie company, but a foreign company that y'all should be paying attention to. Uh, New Japan World's like less than 10 bucks a month, so go ahead and subscribe. Watch all that back catalog. The New Japan Cup is now officially in full swing. Uh, spoiler alert, Okada defe- defeated Gato to move on. What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, Gato's, like, old now, you know. Yeah. He's Is not he the booker? Yeah. He's not yeah. the Gato of old, of, of yesteryear, <laughs> who, who went to, like, I don't know, the finals or semifinals of J-Cup 2. I want to try to find a Weird Jato and Ghetto Fuck You t-shirt. <laughs> Fun. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and also, indie <laughs> shows are starting to be booked again. They haven't happened yet, but they're starting to get booked again. So yeah. if you're comfortable with going out and venturing to one, go ahead and go support your local indie. Wear a goddamn mask. Wear a goddamn mask. Keep social distance. Don't be a fucking dumb shit prick fuck. You betcha. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> I did just say it. Yeah. Yeah, but I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> Certainly not more eloquently. <laughs> right on. Okay. Uh, there's some recent stuff that happened in AEW and WWE. Okay. And let's shoot off the top of our heads about things that <laughs> happened. Uh, Backlash was last weekend. It was made evented by the greatest wrestling match ever between Edge and Randy Orton. Which was a pre-taped match. Yes. And Edge tore his triceps. Yes. <laughs> it was good. Okay. Um, now we're going to have to take all of Darren's word for this because Ivan and I have not seen Backlash. Don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> don't blame you. It was good. It was funny to see that kind of match happen, especially with like... Randy Orton being yeah. in it because they ran through a litany of other wrestlers finishers. They did a pedigree, they did a rock bottom, Edge did two spears, Randy Orton did two RKOs. <laughs> and for someone who gives shit about people who do knee slaps in mm-hmm. NXT, that's kind of hypocritical I think about being a flat out spot monkey <laughs> in this match. Well, and he's called that out in the past. We need to know it he could have literally been doing it because he's Randy Orton. He could have literally been doing it just to troll everyone uh, because this match was probably may have already been recorded before he sent out that message. You know? Could have been. I'm not 100% sure Here's on that. To say. Uh, that being said, I thought it was good. I thought there were a few too many false finishes. Though. Oh. 
Yeah. I'll uh, take your word for it. Yeah. Also, can we talk about how surprisingly woke uh, uh, Randy Orton is? Yeah. Who'd oh, have yeah, thunk yeah. That? Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> for us giving him shit about just being a inbred-looking candy man from uh, St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's yeah, downright he's, he's a he's downright inbred right looking dandy man with all of his <laughs> <laughs> support. Sorry, I haven't had to do your bit. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> you didn't you didn't say it like all in order, so I'll call him Candy Randy. <laughs> you know. So there we go. Um get your shit in. Let's <laughs> see what else happened on Backlash. Asuka and Nia Jax ended in a double count out. No, oh, did Nia broke all of their legs? <laughs> no, did she do it? Luckily not. Uh, man, Nia's not on a good streak right now. No, just straight up injuring Kyrie Sane and busting her open. And then there was a point in this match because I the double countdown might have been intentional, but she was could have so obviously saved it. Yeah, because the ref was at a count of six and she was picking Oscar up, and she started to try to throw her into the ring post on the outside. But you could have just put her back in the ring, right? <laughs> Whatever. I love Oscar. Yeah, she's doing great. Yes. I hope that this thing with Naya <laughs> blows over. And she's what if they champion. just really embrace Naya, like hurting people, and she just shows up with a gun and shoots somebody? <laughs> <laughs> Naya's got a gun. <laughs> Naya nine millimeter. She shoots. shows up with a vial of coke, and like that becomes like her bit. Where she starts wearing bandanas and all her stuff has like guns on them oh, God. and whatnot, and she's just like fucking guns, jacks, jacks, <laughs> jacks guns. Oh, that's I fucking terrible. My name's Guns Akimbo. Uh, that bad joke that I just made uh, is kind of in lieu of uh, apparently someone tested positive for COVID. Yeah. And it was found out that WWE has not been testing people nope. for COVID. They've just been taking their temperature. That's it. Cool. The Yeah, AEW takes the temperature and does a the legit and swab. Yeah. All of it. So good on them. Shame on you, WWE. But what do we expect? Yeah, they're fucking idiots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Irish. <laughs> that was a. <laughs> Sorry, that was the King of England from the film Braveheart. <laughs> Just popping in. All right, time to go. <laughs> what else happened on Backlash? Braun beat Miz and Morrison. Morrison looked good. I don't care about that at all. Uh. I'm good. Yeah. I'm done with this. Yeah. Uh, NXT's good. I just have one thing to say about El Hijo Del Fantasmo becoming uh, whatever his new name is. I'm trying to something. remember, but something Escobar. Yeah. Um, so it was revealed oh on the last week's episode of <clears throat> <Sorry>. NXT <laughs> where uh, the two masked luchadors that have been trying to beat up and kidnap people... Or actually Raul Mendoza and uh, DJZ. Which is weird because who were they initially before Raul Mendoza was kidnapped? Right. There were two of them. Well, in the storyline there were zero. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Um, 
Santos so Escobar. That's that's it. So they had to go with Escobar. And they, of course, had to unmask him. <laughs> yes, they did. Uh, but other than that, NXT is still fun. Of all the names you could pick, though, Escobar. I mean, it's just so... It's like, I mean, if you're equating names, Escobar is nominally associated with one thing, and it's a fucking cocaine drug lord of Colombia. Yep. You know, so why why are you even doing that? <laughs> Way to ensure this guy is never gonna get over on the main roster. It's like you're not <laughs> gonna <laughs> like anyone's gonna get over on the main roster <laughs> moving forward. You kidding me? Uh, yeah, goddamn. I'm just saying, it's like no one's gonna, no one's even gonna use the name Adolf <laughs> for anything. <laughs> like my name's Adolf Jones. How are you, Adolf Jones? Like, that's not gonna work. Oh, no. Those two names are done in most sensible english-speaking cultures yeah luckily so what are you doing with the Escobar? wwe is not a sensible <laughs> environment that's true ivan did you watch smackdown last week i did i watched um just i think it was pretty much only one match i just watched the intercontinental title finals with aj and daniel How good was and that? i thought it was great that was great that is a good match. It's like a you half know? Hour. It wasn't like their best match that they've ever had together, but still, it was a good match. It was good for SmackDown. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> 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 they gave like a half hour to work with. They oh, yeah. Was that awesome. match was, yeah, it was legit 30 minutes long. It went through like six commercial breaks. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. They're just letting these guys work. Usually think like long matches on TV go through three, maybe four commercial breaks. Yeah, they just kept going through them. It was long. It was great. That's good. Other than that, on SmackDown, who? Um, yeah, I don't really remember what else happened. I might have caught like bits and pieces, but wasn't really paying attention. I think I just saw recaps of Strowman just being like, "Where's more Shirley Bears?" And then they'd be like. They're in the van. And he's just like, I'm gonna get you, little fuckers. And he flipped the van, and some buddy got slimed. And yeah, I don't know. Nailed it. Did it turn in like figure it out? <laughs> you nailed it. Uh, well, that was just recap. That didn't even happen on that show. Oh, I watched the main event. Sweet. It was a triple or a six man tag. Was the main event, wasn't it? It was heavy machinery and yep. uh, and Strowman versus Ziggler, Miz and Morrison. Yep. And somebody was hitting on Mandy in the back. Who was hitting on Mandy in the back? Uh, Baron Corbin. Oh yeah, Baron Corbin's like, hey, my lack of charisma. Uh, <laughs> I noticed you like bodies that look like shit. <laughs> Might have interest you in my shitty body. He didn't even like say like a single sexually innuending innuending thing, and Otis was just like, "I'm out of here, out the door." <laughs> <Yep>. Hey, <laughs> and then he like it was weird because it seemed like one of those kind of things like, "Oh no, something's happening in the back. I'm abandoning my team, and they're gonna lose out now." <laughs> but then he beat up Corbin, ran back to the wing, <laughs> ring, and picked up the fucking win yeah. for the team. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> it's like the opposite of like anything that's ever happened. Consider in- y'all selves swerved. 
On this week's SmackDown, I saw during a Raw commercial, uh, there's going to be a Miz and Morrison featuring Mandy Rose. And the commercial's really funny because it just has their announcer just saying, and featuring the perfect peach, Mandy Rose, or whatever it says. <laughs> it's just like so weird. The perfect peach. Whatever Otis calls her, something peach. Beautiful peach, whatever it is. <laughs> it's just <laughs> funny hearing the announcer call well, her that. Like, beautiful okay, peach. <laughs> that's what she's going as now, I guess. I don't know. Um, well, yeah, Bailey and Sasha had a fun little thing where they celebrated their women's tag win mm-hmm. in ring, and and then they just kind of did a little nuts to you to their challengers, but then they got like beat up by somebody. Oh, yeah, yeah, because uh, the Iconic showed up on the screen and said, don't turn your backs on Alexa and Nikki, and then they beat him up. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm glad that Bailey and Sasha are heels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, like, the best at it. Oh, yes. Than anyone else. Yep. Um, after, <clears throat> like, Bailey and Sasha kept the tag titles at Backlash, I kind of had a feeling that, like... They might break up Alexa and Nikki pretty soon, which that's going to be fun because Nikki is a huge baby face right now and Alexa is a fantastic heel herself. So when that turns into a storyline of Alexa just used Nikki to get what she wanted, basically, that'll be good. Um, Raw? I I was bummed about the Paul Heyman news. Yeah, right? Because Raw was fun. It was a fun fucking show. And then you put Bruce Pritchard in charge of it, and immediately he makes a weird racial stereotype out of Akira Tozawa wearing a gi and having a team of ninjas. Uh, You're you fucking bet. high. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not at all. Um, God damn it. Not great. Akira Tozawa is uh, a weird case because... Just a month ago, he was in the, like, cruiserweight tournament. Right. And he was booked really well, and he got wins, and he had good, like, 20-minute matches. And then the same week on Raw, he'll job out to Jinder Mahal in 30 seconds. Well, yeah, I mean, as a former WWE champion. <laughs> it just made no, no <laughs> goddamn sense. They are the same person, but they're booked completely differently on two different shows. It's, uh, it was bad. Listen, this fucking stupid ninja gimmick is a chance for him to show off his character. You gotta give him some character. Because being a wrestler isn't a character. And I'm gonna do what Vince tells me to do. Cause I'm Bruce Pritchard. Listen and to ass me. Sucking yes, man. <laughs> listen to me speak Spanish like a fucking shithead. <laughs> Yeah, god damn it. Uh, this might be a like a way to introduce... Like, they had a uh, recruit in the performance center who is 7'3", mm-hmm. and huge, and he... And he's also going to be a terrible wrestler, because he's 7'3". Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but they put him in a gi as well, covered his face, and everyone's like, Oh my god, who's this big ninja person? And then Big Show came out... To help out Viking Raiders and Street Profits on Raw this week. And didn't even fight the guy. <laughs> I don't know, man. Hmm. I don't know. It's a company that has failed us all. Yeah. 
<laughs> the only thing I would like about this Akira Tozawa news is if he just gets like on camera pissed off and just tears it off and he's just like this is fucking bullshit. Ah, ah, ah. That'd be that'd be nice. And then I mean, like and then like the crowd when if there ever is a crowd again for them, you know, he gets over by just being like this is fucking stupid. <laughs> just like have, has anyone seen the seven promo that no. Dustin Rhodes did Where in he, WCW? Which is drops uh, character mid. They they float him out. I think I did see that. Looking yeah. like a fucking character from the film Dark City. If you ever saw that, his like head's like completely like painted white. It, he's <laughs> shaved, painted white, and he just like immediately breaks character. And he's just like, my name's fucking Dustin Rhodes. This gimmick is bullshit. I hated being <laughs> gold dust. I wanted to come out as just the fucking natural Dustin Rhodes, but they wouldn't let me. Well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that. That was uh, surprising, but I guess it was late 90s WCW, so people kind of shot whenever they want to, mm-hmm. to on TV. So, Which was like every week someone was shooting on TV. Right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Raw. Uh, um, I don't know, man. Christian got punted by Randy Orton after Ric Flair low-blowed him. Ric Flair low-blowed Christian? Christian? Yeah. Weird. Their class. Because Christian, <laughs> Christian wanted to get revenge for Edge, of course, hmm. who got punted in the head to end the match the night before. Hmm. So that, that's kind of cool uh, that Randy Orton at least brought the punt back. Yeah. You know, they did have a pretty good feud, Christian and Orton, in 2011. Yes, they Mm -hmm. did. It was fun. Tight. That's also, they had one of their matches in their feud, June 19th, 2011. Capital Punishment, our truth in the main event. Oh, (laughs) such a fantastic (laughs) pay-per-view with, why would you get an Obama impersonator? You bet. Yeah. <laughs> because Vince McMahon's afraid to talk to black people. Yeah. Yeah. Guaranteed. <laughs> That's why you can't cook him well. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Too scared to talk to him. Uh, yeah. WWE has really dropped the ball on the, you know, human issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and whenever well, they, they made Apollo Crews U.S. champion. <laughs> <laughs> that means he's the champion of the of the U.S. <laughs> of our U.S. Race relations solved, guys. Let's go home and take a load off. Wait, better idea. Put Apollo in a match with Sheldon Benjamin on Raw. How's that going to look for our diverse company? I mean, it would be a great match. but It was, it was <laughs> fine. It was short. But Apollo won. Of course, they wouldn't give him time. Paul's looking good, man. I'm happy for him. Even if he is being used as a prop, maybe. But I hope not, because he's good. His promos are still pretty bad, though. Yeah, he's always been bad on that mic, and he's never going to get better at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, that, that's all I got for that stuff. Okay. So, um, I... I hope Raw is going to be okay going forward in the Pritchard era, but I hate, hate this whole shit with Akira Tozawa. I love Tozawa. Hate the ninja biker gang bullshit that they threw upon him, so. Yeah, dude, that's, 
I mean, they've never been able to book a single like Asian wrestler well, except for Asuka, kind of. Yeah. Because half the time she's booked really well. Yeah. And half the time they completely drop the ball. <laughs> yep. Shinsuke is, uh, he had his chance, yep. and it seems like he'll be in the mid-card until he leaves, unfortunately. Tozawa, no, nah, just forget about it. Uh, yeah, what a bummer. Yeah, but you know what? New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> yeah. You want to watch these people in their prime? Going over there, they got a back catalog. <laughs> I, I am excited because uh, yeah, Jake is canceling our shared uh, WWE Network subscription. Yeah, in favor of yeah, uh, I, it's gotten to a point where I cannot morally oblige uh, WWE no. anymore. Uh, passively, like I, I mean, I've been, I've watched such so just less and less and less and less of that shit. <laughs> like, I uh, love NXT still, so I'm gonna yeah. keep watching that. But. NXT's uh, and there's outlets to do that in which they don't get any bit of our money. So Ooh, yeah, that's a good point. Hey, watch Hulu. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, man. But uh, I don't know. That company is uh, a bunch of bastards. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a bunch of bastards. And I, I mean, I guess like Shad Khan is also a big Trump donator and whatnot but at least at least tony's, tony's the not. one yeah say tony's not on that list <laughs> yeah so that makes you feel a little bit better about AEW. yeah but uh yeah well shall we start <laughs> talking about some random stuff yeah get you guys talking because you're more entertaining than i am you goddamn right we are <laughs> all right well the first topic i'm gonna go off on so there okay. we go go off queen <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Coming out from 2016. A couple of thick kings over here. Huh? <laughs> so, I just, we, we've made a list of stuff to talk about wrestling-wise, because that's fun. What a way to end it is just us talking. So, uh, first thing I have, when should The Undertaker have retired, and what should his last match be? My thing about this is that I've watched... All the current episodes of The Last Ride, I think it kind of sucks. Uh, once you get over the fact that you're hearing The Undertaker actually talk about his career, right? it's just him like, oh, after the Roman WrestleMania match, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> then you see a giant hole in him during surgery, which is <laughs> kind of gross. Gets a new hip. Uh, Cena match happens. Your gun is digging into my hip. <laughs> <laughs> the scene in that shit. There's a banana happens. and two apples on the desk in that scene. <laughs> Sorry. Damn. The scene of match happens at WrestleMania. Uh, he feels great, but he's upset that there isn't much time behind it. Uh, moving forward, uh, he, 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 I swear to God, like by the time this last episode happened. And he said to Vince after he tagged with Roman against Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre at Extreme Rules last year, he's like, I'm done. It's like, no, you're fucking not. Like, not just me watching this almost a year into the future, but you're you're not going to fucking retire at that. Are you kidding me? Right. Like, so it's just a lot of him constantly saying that he's done. Nope, coming back. I'm done. Nope, coming back. 
and wearing like thin blue line t-shirts and hats and Michelle McCool wearing God is dope clothing and it's fucking terrible. Yeah, they they truly are a Texan dumb shit couple. <laughs> There's yeah. a reason they haven't had this fucking idiot talk on <laughs> in any in interview since uh, like that interview in Kuwait where Vader punched a guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> Man, I I mean I like the Undertaker. Uh, I I did like the Boneyard match. Uh, we haven't gotten to that in the documentary, and you're probably going to cancel it before that thing ends. Oh, fingers crossed. <laughs> that'll be fine, because uh, it's going to be more of him like, oh, I'm hurt now, I'm going to retire. No, I'm not coming back. <laughs> so um, Can't retire now, my boys Metallica wrote me a new song. <laughs> I mean, man, yeah, that was great. <laughs> anyway. There's he um, half chub. Uh, God. So... My answer to the first part is actually something that was briefly mentioned in the last ride. Like, apparently Undertaker talked to Sean and said that he should have retired him. He did. Yeah. He should have done that. Yes. How cool would that have been? Like, where Sean is beaten, he walks out of the ring, and then it goes all Return of the King on you, and you're like, Undertaker's retiring too. Oh my god. And then he walks out and puts all this stuff I'm on sorry, top. Sam. I'm going. <laughs> yeah. That, I yeah, think... That's a big fucking boat, dude. Come on over. <laughs> that would have been awesome, I think. Yeah, that uh, that would have been fucking dope. Um, aside from that, I think just the very next year, at the end of an era, they should have literally had it been the end of a fucking era. You bet. Uh, Triple H <laughs> should have stopped wrestling after that. Sean, obviously, should have stayed retired. Uh, and Undertaker should have left. Yeah, but if that. Triple H didn't stop, we would have <laughs> never gotten him versus Brian, and then That's Brian true. versus Batista and Horton. I mean, yeah, he, uh, Triple H has had some decent matches this decade. At yeah, least, and... but if you label your match end of an era, yeah, commit to the fucking bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. When do you think he should have retired? Thirty. He should have just let the streak end and then just <laughs> gone out. Well, well, shit. Well, shit. And that should have just been it. Yeah. The streak should have been the retirement. Because then there was nothing left after yeah, that. Yeah, what the fuck is the point of coming back and just <laughs> losing more? Every year at WrestleMania became like a streak-ending, career-threatening match for The Undertaker. <laughs> and no yeah. other stipulation. That's one. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think his match with Lesnar would have been the most ideal in the fact that it wasn't really the most entertaining thing. It was shocking, but it wasn't a great match or anything. I was cackling like a a hyena on the couch when it happened. Y'all were there. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know... The reactions. uh, I mean, I think it would have just been, I don't know, appropriate. Yeah. Because then he came back, and he defeated Bray Wyatt, like, the next year. Yeah. Which really made zero sense, because it was like, oh, you have a old-school macabre kind of character and a match that could possibly be passing the torch to the new times macabre character, and they just said, nope, nope, Booker told you wrong, he's gonna beat him. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> oh, fuck me then, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'll yeah. work for you for another eight years, at least. <laughs> and then the fucking phony ass, oh, it's, it's it's Roman's yard now. It was my yard. 
There's the passing of the torch of the yard. Passing of the yard match. So now it's the big dog's yard and not the dead man's yard. They could have stopped there too. Yeah. Okay, they forced this bullshit with the fucking yard passing thing. Clearly he passed the yard because he knew he had a boneyard. Right <laughs> God, in, damn it! <laughs> so See, okay, so now how many more matches of transferring of property <laughs> does he have to have? <laughs> He's gonna have his fucking apartment building match. <laughs> okay, here's my rental property. God. It's yours now. <laughs> if Dude, you that, could beat me. That's another thing about the last ride is that you don't learn that much about, uh, you know, other things in his life. That would be very allegorical to some sort of struggle between, I don't know, just younger generations and, like, I don't know, baby boomers or something. It's like, they got all the rental properties and <laughs> everything else. What the fuck do we got? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so they talk about Paul Bear for, like, five minutes. Yeah, he definitely so wasn't far. a big part of Undertaker's career. <laughs> it's very in the moment, and that bugs the hell out of me. Like, at least the last dance... Uh, you know, went back almost every single year of MJ and the Bulls' success. Yeah. Whereas this, I feel like things are kind of mentioned, but it's a lot of legends just being like, you got no one to hang him up. <laughs> yeah, no. And Undertaker just flip flopping about what the fuck he's gonna do. It's, well, you know, he went ugh. to the Terry School, the Terry School, the, the Terry, Terry School, <laughs> the Terry School of Funk, the Terry Funk, Terry School of Funk, <laughs> Terry Funk School of Retirement. Keep your politics out of my music. <laughs> Give us two hundred dollars. You want to see us play these political songs? I think. Taker's last match, fuck it, let's make it a rematch against Cena at the next WrestleMania. Give it 25 minutes, that's it. And they can both retire. Sure. Cena's off to bigger things. At least bigger things. I don't know if it's better, but bigger <laughs> things. Old so. 2 I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just have it in like that, I guess. Because, I mean, if you put him with anybody else that's around his age, it's probably going to fucking suck. It is going to suck. He's proven that. Yeah. Like, if it's him and Kane, that's going to be a snooze fest. That's awful. No one's going to be able to pick each other up to do any moves. And, yeah, you don't want that. You need Taker against somebody that can move. Yeah, he should lose to Marco Stunt. He should... (laughs) (laughs) He should quit the WWE, show up at AEW... And lose at uh, uh, double or nothing next year to Marco Stunt. <laughs> That's the end. There you have it. There you what go. Is a... <laughs> Despite my objections, what does he own the Undertaker name? Did he like buy it from the WWE or? I don't know. What's the status there? Who's to say? Like if he if that insane concept actually happened would he show up in AEW just like well fucking mean Mark Callis <laughs> <Yes>, right <laughs> fucking mean Mark here to fucking job to Marco stunt <laughs> to mean Marco to mean Marco <laughs> <laughs> to fucking yeah whatever there was a brief mention about when Undertaker was going to do that signing yeah. at uh, fucking Star Starcast, Starcast. And Vince calling him up and being like, what the hell are you doing? 
And then <laughs> making so, money. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn pal. Then he had to cancel. And Kurt Angle canceled too. Yeah. So, petty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but did you did you say what do you think his last match should be? Yeah, thirty. Thirty. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, what should it be now? I mean. Oh now. Yeah. Um. You got Marco stunned. Yeah, that's if, that's my fantasy. Brand. If they're gonna do it now. Oh shit! I don't know. Why doesn't that coward Booker T book <laughs> the Undertaker against Miles <laughs> in Houston? How about just, just Randy Orton? Have him... Get kicked in the fucking head. Have him dust off the legend killer and literally murder him in the <laughs> Pull out both of his fake hips. And kick his cop living teeth down his throat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, I just remembered that we didn't do your question of the week. Uh, it's okay. We could just cover it in general now. We, yeah, we could do it now. Um, so, guys, who... Was the greatest adversary of John Cena. John Cena. Jeez, Automatically what pops in my head is Edge. I loved their feud. Uh, it was going strong when I started get, uh, watching wrestling again after my little lapse. Their TLC match at Unforgiven 2006 was just a hoot and a holler. Loved that shit. Uh, really gave rise to the rated R superstar version of Edge. Um... Yeah, that was just a great, great view. Love that view. I'm going to go with CM Punk. Me too. Also good. Like, it's so weird because I don't even think they had, other than their, like, one feud, even after Punk turned face and then turned heel again, Mm -hmm. they didn't really interact a whole lot. Not really. Um, I'm doing it just because CM Punk gave uh, Cena a pile driver. Yeah, that's strictly it. for one move in one match that happened. <laughs> that's all. No, I I loved how every time they would wrestle, CM Punk just did something new because he knew what John Cena's beat was going to be, yeah. and like every time he just had a different counter for a thing. And he also yeah, knew that cool. doing like doing a pile driver with John Cena is not going to get him in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he knew that, that John had the car blanche yeah, where yeah. he could pull something like that and be yeah. like, oh, John and I, you John, know. John said to do a pile driver. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even plan that. He called it in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, just, you know, obviously Edge was a great counterpart for Cena yeah. for that th- time. That really helped elevate Edge, and, and much like the it helped elevate Punk, too. I mean... Uh, uh, Cena's value has been undermined quite a bit just because he's he was a boring wrestler for a, a good long while. Even though he put on like put in motion into his matches and stuff, like you knew what you're getting, getting the the shoulder checks, the hip tosses, the you can't see me's, uh, but the springboard, uh, the springboard stunner, stunner eventually <laughs> that always looked crisp. Uh, <laughs> Like a, I never quite understood the leg drop when off the top rope when yeah. people are like half standing. You're right. I don't... <laughs> it always looked dangerous. Right. Never like cool dangerous or anything. <laughs> just, just driving like... your ass into the fucking temple of someone. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Punk and Cena, just even if they only had a couple of clashes, it's just the perfect counterpart. You know, it, it felt like 
Hogan and Macho Man, mm-hmm. you know, reborn in, in a new image, you know. You had just the kind of grandstanding, everyman's kind of wrestler in Cena, and then, like, the more technically proficient and frustrated yeah. kind of because like you know that's what macho man was he was frustrated he had that whole fucking run with the world title spent most of it doing tag main events with hogan by his side like yep. what the fuck is that all about you know barely got to defend that shit until the mega powers imploded and he had to become a heel again just like fucking punk had to become a heel again <laughs> when the rock showed up with his stupid fucking face <laughs> I mean, the way he went heel then was fucking great, but still. Yeah. That was pretty sick. Man, CM Punk just... He was a logical wrestler. Yeah. You know? And a Matt guy, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, he did some... Like, I don't know what people remember of Punk, but Punk wasn't, like, some sort of, like, crazy flip high spot person. He would do, like, one dive a match. Yeah. He'd do his, like, suicide dive... But then, like, he had a lot of just mat work mm-hmm. that he would do. Yep. He would spend, like, a, when he was heel, he would do a lot of mat submission stuff. Yeah. He'd have John Cena in a body sitters for seven minutes and just tell the crowd to fucking eat shit. <laughs> Didn't that um, match at Money in the Bank not even go outside the ring once? I don't think it did. I don't no. think so. Wow. Yeah. I think yeah. that was all within the ropes. That's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, like, even though he's heralded as like a big indie guy, he almost like represents nothing of what modern indie seems to represent. You he's know? just a striker. Yeah. There's a lot of strikes, a lot of yeah, like you said, Mac game. So honorable mentions or I don't know if you have one to do other than no, CM Punk. I, it I seemed agree, like, we were kind of like what you said. Yeah. Honorable mentions <laughs> Gotta go with our truth. Yes. Even if it was brief, goddamn, our truth. Elevated our truth. Our truth versus Cena was a bright beacon of like a month long feud. That was like, God, so fun. And to think it was fucking nine years ago. <laughs> Insane. And our truth looks the exact same. And so does Cena, except for the weird hair. Yeah. Um,. Uh, I've seen Randy Orton, guys. Oh, yeah. Well, Candy Randy, <laughs> constant companion. <laughs> he's not the young person. He's it's, a companion. <laughs> I blame the young people. But these poor innocent companions. If only for when Randy pushed him off of that, that ladder and that unification ladder match, and he pretty much broke that table with his face. <laughs> Um, Mark Henry with yeah. the Swerve Retirement. Oh, that another was highlight. Six or seven years ago. I love seeing that video. Sandwich. Don't you think that's that, that easy? I fucking love it. God, Mark. It took you so long. <laughs> it took you so long to get there, but when he got there, it was fucking great. Good on Mark Henry. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. I mean, he's had so many other people but you know i don't know you like, would, I, don't, I would you'd say wade barrett but wade barrett got completely buried in, in the end of all that shit yeah unfortunately nexus just you know it was a thing and it was feuding with john cena but it just it ended i mean the fucking core that's all you gotta say is the, <laughs> the core with two r's <laughs> and they imploded 
about there. 10 years ago. <laughs> I guess Rusev, you can kind of throw in there as an honorable mention. Pretty good. When they kind of had... But yeah. I... I I'm not a fan of the execution where no, it, where it had to be this America versus Russian thing. Especially For since one he's thing, fucking Bulgarian. He's fucking Bulgarian. <laughs> so. You see, he was adopted by Russia. They showed... <laughs> they showed fucking Putin and did all that stupid shit. <laughs> oh my god. It's all coming back to me now. Yeah. The man pissing into the wind. That tank it's all was, coming back to me now. That tank was dope, though. I'll give that. I don't know if I... Sure. Why not? You know, if I'll say a dishonorable mention, The Rock. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, but I just did not care. They ate up two main events that did not fucking need to happen. Yeah. At a time where CM Punk was your fucking... Like, could have been your champion for even longer. And had, like, a legitimately good fucking wrestling match at Mania in the main event. I know he, like, was the guy to put over Brian for his first title win, but, like, once he did that, they never really wrestled a match ever again yeah. against each other. Well, they're going to fight family, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's... At the time. At the time, time yeah. yeah. that's true. And they're roommates, you know. <laughs> they're both in that Bella Pond. <laughs> did, a, did he ever have, like, a full-on feud with Batista? Yeah. He's the one that made Batista quit. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, he was like, oh, I'm in a wheelchair and I'm angry and I quit. Right. Yeah. After WrestleMania 23? Well, or, it was, uh, no, WrestleMania 23, he wrestled uh, Michaels. That Shawn Michaels feud. Um, yeah. I just thought of another they thing. they the fucking tag champ yeah. titles at that point? Yeah, of course. Yeah. One of those. One of those. Uh, completely devalue an entire tag division to put over uh, one to two main... Who needs them? <laughs> uh, who needs them? Your company does. Um, I mean, who was the, who were the tag teams at that time anyway? Deuce and Domino? Yeah, man. They needed that <laughs> shit. Um, uh, no, I think they beat uh, Murdoch and Cade. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, fuck. Fuck. I thought Sorry. it was someone else. Oh, JBL was like his first big feud that yeah, got won, him over. He won the world title yeah. off JBL. Yeah. What yeah. underrated, like... Unbelievable heel JBL is. I that's not he's, that's just who he is. I too. know he's just a son of a bitch, he's just a prick. <laughs> but he's so good at just being an asshole because he is. <laughs> and then it carried over into his out of the ring life, and it <laughs> fucking sucks. Anyway, yeah. Cool. Uh, Last mention. Oh, I ha- had one. Uh, they have been flow. They have been Oh, God damn it, what was it? Um, Ziggler? The Ziggler thing was good. I was just going to say the initial Brock Lesnar feud was interesting and exciting Um, and new. Like 2012? Yeah. Yeah, because it was the first time Lesnar came back and beat the fuck out of of him. But still lost. At extreme rules. Yeah. Like, it was a match. We were watching it together, right? They turned. You You turned. You started cheering Cena at the end of that. I remember I, that. I know. Because you're like, just like, what the fuck? I was like... It's too much. Like, I don't even know that they've made me cheer for <laughs> Cena in this yeah. match. Like, I, it was so bizarre. Yep. I remember watching yeah. that. Were we at, like, Brandon Roberts' house Yes, we were. Oh, my yeah. God. Were you there or were you at school? years. Um, that was... If it was... 2012, I graduated in 2012, and that was in the summer. Oh, it was Extreme Rules at that time was in, like, April. 
Uh, my, I was in school. Okay. Yeah. So okay, so you were with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was at Brandon's. It was bizarre. Yeah. We you know had... what? I think I must have watched that at like. True. No, uh, Weston. Oh. My roommate yeah. was pretty into wrestling back in the day. Yeah. But we might have gone to like a Show Me's or something and watched it. <laughs> the fucking nice. St. Louis version of Hooters. Go to a blast zone. <laughs> All right, let's go to another topic I have here. Favorite indie promotion of all time? PWG, baby. Yeah. Ain't no doubt about it. It's uh, always and forever. I love PWG so much. Yeah, I gotta agree. <sighs> Completely. Um, just to have something else offered up, I'm just gonna say early Ring of Honor. Like, let's say, what what's their, like, nexus point where Ring of Honor stopped being what it was and is what it is now? I uh, know. like, I don't know if you guys... 2010 or something? 10, like, yeah, probably. Yeah. Kevin, Sandy, Two th- just the Chris strictly Hero. just 2000, the aughts Ring of Honor. Okay, yeah. Because it was just so fucking different. Well, and then they had, they had like, all the main roster people... From WWE <laughs> there at the time, they had their your Steens, your Genericos. They had American Dragon. Uh, American Dragon. They had uh, Tyler Styles. Black. They had AJ Styles. They had a uh, young Kazarian. They had Claudio Casanoli. They had Chris Hero. They had such a fucking huge roster. Yep. They had Samoa Joe. They had CM Punk, and they fucking blew it. They didn't like. <laughs> then they brought in like. Davy Shithead Richards. <laughs> like I know you love David Richards, but he sucks. Not like like nowadays. as a person. Yeah, yeah. Like like as a person. Like oh, like it's just like is was not even about the business. Um and they like yeah, just like they brought in Bunch of these, bunch of Tavens. Turds. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Tavens, dude. Plural Tavens. Uh, oh, I hate Tavens so much. Uh, I don't know if I think uh, if I might. <laughs> Maybe it would be a topic. Two, my two least favorite wrestlers in the world right now: Yoshihashi because he looks like the dumbest motherfucker, and Matt Taven because he is the dumbest motherfucker. Well, that Flip uh, Gordon. I'm fine with Flip now. He's a part of. Uh, I mean, I think he's still obviously a dipshit flat earther, but like, uh, but he's in Villain Enterprises, and I don't have to see him ever. <laughs> at all. I don't have to see Taven either, but I know he existed, uh, exists and beat Marty Skrull and Jay Lethal for the fucking title. Shouldn't have happened. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, guess oh, Taven. Oh, I was just going to say, I guess NWA now. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Too. I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what NWA technically is. Yeah, it's not like so much a promotion as it is a thing and I don't know... You know, nobody's. It doesn't seem like anyone's really exclusive, other than maybe like Tim Storm and Aldis. Nick Aldis. Yeah. Yeah. And the question mark, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I just NWA was a really cool thing, even if it just happened recently. And I don't know if you consider that the Indies or it's, whatnot. It would. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's just it's something fun and different. Also, yeah. gotta shout out AAW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, progress, uh, but less now since WWE. Go figure. I think Evolve Did, is closing. Right. Or <laughs> yeah, I think I sold their tape library to WWE or something like that. Yeah. 
Uh, I gotta say about PWG, which is my answer to this, uh, it just got me into wrestling. Yeah. Like, WWE was big, but PWG was the most fun. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it had great wrestling, but I think, almost more importantly, it's kind of like how the Vandals got me into punk, (laughs) but PWG had comedy wrestling, and I, I, I loved it. Like, Chuck E. T., was one of the first people that I latched on to. Because yep. it was like, here's this guy doing a dumb move. I <laughs> love it so much to this day. I hope he pulls it out sometime on AEW. Yes. But it just, they did comedy wrestling. They didn't seem like they took anything too seriously. Whereas WWE... The, the commentary? Is, the commentary is out of this world. Excalibur is like next level. Everyone gets to witness that on Wednesday nights now. Uh... But like it's even better, like just him and PWG. It's though. so much better when it's when he doesn't have to explain everything to the the, <laughs> the person that he's commentating with. Yeah. When it's just him and Steen, or him and Hero, or him and Joey Ryan, just fucking shooting the yeah. shit, and then also they talk about the wrestling match that's also happening. Yeah. <laughs> I, there's uh, him there's, and Steen was legitimately good. <laughs> so good. Him and him and Hero <laughs> legitimately very very good. Yeah. Um. Uh, they're him and Rich Swan, hilarious, because <laughs> Rich Swan is going, oh man, that guy crazy. <laughs> oh, him and Chuck E.T. too. Yeah, him and Chuck T. Chuck E.T. So just, good. I, I love his call of just like, he's dead. He's a dead person. <laughs> oh, he's fucking dead. Uh, 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 Steam's just giggling. He's like, oh my God, Jesus Christ. Um, there's, an, there's a show where they just straight up talk about Lost for like, like a full match. They're just like, they like kind of spoil Lost a bit for like a, just a full like tag match. So good. It's just all so good. good. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah, it's how I learn about a lot of dudes like on the on the come up. First time, first place I saw Trevor Lee. Uh, first place I really saw Phoenix because I was uh, and uh, and Pentagon because I wasn't really watching Lucha Underground that much. Um, uh, first place I got to see Jeff Cobb, first place I got to see Volter, first place, uh, like when I first started watching, um, it was like, uh, Elgin was there and he wasn't a complete piece of shit yet. And I, I got super into Elgin through there. Mm-hmm. Brian Cage, Chucky e. T. It's like, like, um, so many people. Willie Mack. Willie Mack. Dude, Willie Mack. When Willie Mack first showed up. Like, I don't know if he had, like, the best matches. He had a, a really bad match, actually, with Ryan Taylor. His first match was, like, the shits. <laughs> well, the and first match we saw. We saw. Yeah. And then, next thing we know, he's, like, flying all over the place. Yeah, just fucking like, killing like, it. Like, he got, like, a crash course in <laughs> in the shit, and mm-hmm. he just, like, was, like, it was amazing just seeing him move, and you were just like, oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. I believe he might be NWA U.S. champion or something, or continental champion or something like that right yeah, now. Yeah, something like that. He had yeah, one of the yeah. NWA titles. Yeah, yeah the Nor- North American North American that, titles. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for mm-hmm. me, Rich Swan and Ricochet. Yes. Like, those guys. <laughs> I, fucking I bet you Rich can't Sw- do this on concrete! <laughs> <laughs> I looked up that video the other it's, day. It's awesome. It's so good. Add it to the li- the playlist. <laughs> Um, yeah, Rich Swan was just so much fun to watch. A.R. Fox. Dude, yeah. like, the list just goes on and on. ACH. 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 Top Gun Talwar. Keith, Keith fucking <laughs> Lee. Yeah. Uh, just... ZSJ. Yeah, ZSJ. Will Ospreay. Yeah. 
Marty Skrull as the first place I saw Marty Skrull. He's like one of my favorite. Just like everybody oh, who, brought who, their best. Yeah. Who's uh, who's the wrestler who's like a referee now for WWE? Um, oh, Drake Younger. Drake Younger. Yeah, dude. God, he had like the sickest matches yeah. in PWG. Sammy Callahan. The, the Drake Younger Sammy Callahan feud. Uh, Drake Younger keeps remember, liking Trump tweets, and I feel weird about that. Remember when Sammy he, Callahan remember, was a wrestler? And remember when we could see into Drake's skull? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I assume that has an effect. <laughs> yeah, you'd on what you like on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Also, he's a fucking dumb wrestler, but like, but a great wrestler. <laughs> a lot of fun. Put a cone I, on his God, head. I, we can just keep talking about PWG the rest of this whole fucking show. Yeah. Um, but the just the the Dojo Bros when just Roddy and Eddie Edwards were trying to see who could just chop their opponents the hardest. So fun. I feel like that bit. Real rush. Yeah, <laughs> that bit in Bola 2015, mm-hmm. the very last match with Hero and Mike Bailey and uh, ZSJ. ZSJ, yeah, where they're just like taking turns trying to kick each other as hard as they yeah. can. Yeah, <laughs> I bet that was a welcome thing to happen when it was probably like 90 or 100 degrees in that building at like one in the fucking morning. Right, you know? right. It's just like. Mike this, Bailey. This is Mike fun. Bailey. <laughs> Kenny Omega. I first the first time I saw Kenny Omega was when he won the PWG title uh, and then lost it like immediately. But ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all the hits. Fantastic. All right, let's move on to something else before we do keep talking. You can about buy all their DVDs on. on oh yeah, the Chikara. Yeah. Chikara Pro. Here you go. The last little one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, local shout out to uh, Zero One. Always yeah. fun when we yeah. actually went to their shows. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace, New Breed Wrestling Alliance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and all the other federations that tried to do something in central Illinois through the years. Yep. Uh, they, they're mostly all like an amalgam and in, in like Mattoon right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> Where I keep just seeing people getting arrested for meth or just like doing dumb, dumb things. Well, that's Mattoon. Yeah. Yeah. Their mall has like three stores. <laughs> I work in one of those malls. <laughs> but hey, they got that Burger King. That's not like a chain Burger King. It's the OG one. They got the one. It's it's solid. <laughs> All right, favorite return from retirement ever, anybody. Uh, and if you're going to say Terry Funk, you got to tell us which one. All right. I'm going to get kissed by, kicked by that horse. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking horse. <laughs> Kick your ass. I mean, I, Did you my, have one locked and loaded? Yeah, mine's just got to be Dan O'Brien. Yeah, probably. It, he needed it, and it was a beautiful thing, and it continues to be a beautiful thing. Uh, he is just... He's one of those guys like Kevin and Chris Hero, where it's just like they're an encyclopedia of wrestling knowledge yeah. and know-how. And people like that just can't be separated. <laughs> I just remember, you know. do another game. <laughs> uh, there's this story to completely sidetrack this where um, Scott Hall and X-Pac are watching some wrestling match and Scott just keeps calling them at the spots before they happen and uh, they're both clearly inebriated in some manner <laughs> and X-Pac just whoa man like how do you do that <laughs> Scott Hall is like student of the game man student <laughs> 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 uh yeah, it's probably got to be Daniel Bryan, right? Edge. I know it hasn't been the most spectacular yeah. thing. Marred more by the virus yes. than anything else. Yes. But hey, 
we got that rumble return and it was fucking great. That was yeah. great. You've gotten um, some really good promos too. I don't it doesn't exactly count because he's not actually wrestling, but he potentially could, and that was when Shibata attacked the Bullet Club after Kenta turned heel. Oh my fucking god, that was <laughs> like I had goosebumps, man. When he even just him him recovering from the fucking bleeding brain and just showing up at the G1 that year and saying, I'm alive, that is all. Like, <laughs> I was just like, fuck, that's so, so cool. Even though he's not wrestling, he is training wrestlers and shit, but if hopefully he does get to wrestle again, and hopefully it's not a risk. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Mick Foley in 2004, his tag match with The Rock sucked ass, taking on... It was like a two-on-three taking on Evolution and Mania. That that mm-hmm. sucked. <laughs> but then, like, a month later, he took on Orton in that, that, match in that hardcore match, and that match is perfect. Yes. Mm. So that was a good the return. The perfect peach. I mean, <laughs> <Nick> obviously... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Any, anything else... It's like uh, no one else has really retired and then come back. It's just people coming back from injuries, which is something completely different. So. Well, Ric Flair in TNA. Mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels yeah. coming back. Uh, I'm sorry, that didn't happen. My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking um, about. Shawn Michaels never returned to the ring. I don't know. Did Goldberg ever retire? Uh, <laughs> or he just quit? I don't know. Him and Brock just kind of quit. I mean, that's not, that wouldn't back. qualify anyway. Yeah, that, it, no one cares. That's just been garbage. Um, yeah. I mean, as far as, like, I don't really know when Terry Funk ever stopped wrestling, <laughs> but... You gotta talk to my man. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> I'm sorry I broke your door. <laughs> I'm not booked. Obviously, some of Terry's best work is in ECW. Mm-hmm. Some of ECW's best work involves is Terry Funk. Terry. So, you know, that, there's that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not not a large swath uh, to, to pull from there, really. But. Yeah, not too much. People kind of stop retiring officially. They just kind of, like, leave and yeah. then yeah, <laughs> and they wander get... back. Yeah, like, Mark Henry, like, never had an official last match. I just, last thing I remember seeing him was getting f 5 by Brock, and that was it. So, uh, was the Attitude Era as great as everybody thinks? Probably not. Uh, this is, this it is fun. Guys, as I mean, yeah, it was fun. The entering product was mediocre. Yeah, at best, like the wrestling is as good as it has ever been in the ring today. Like, and it just keeps getting better because it has to. Like, <laughs> it's just that's just a simple evolution of it all. But like you go back now, all, all like almost all of the storylines have some sort of like misogyny, like sexism, homophobia, racism, some sort of different connotation. And this is across both companies. Uh, it's just like a, a lot of like just straight up bigoted storylines in one way or another. Uh, I mean, it it can't. It's not going to long term hold up, obviously. I don't think. 
I think a lot of those characters were great. I think a lot of people really lived in their characters and really, like, brought a lot of uh, character explosiveness to life. Like, I mean, the, obviously, The Rock coming to prominence, then Stone Cold coming to prominence, then uh, you have your Jeff Jarrett's, no. Uh, you, <laughs> uh, but, like, I mean, Sting, really, when he came back with the Crow gimmick during this whole time, um, I, I think it's just looked back so fondly because there was so much content, like, than, than there had ever been before. And then all then that got halved, obviously. Well, it got cut into a third because WCW and ECW folded within like a month of each other. So then you your 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 palette was then always going to be siphoned through this one bullshit and, uh, like filter that only one company gets to control that narrative uh, and all that crap like that. So ultimately, I would say no. <laughs> it it's it doesn't hold up. I mean, yeah, like I would say, like, and I don't know. Do we think of the Attitude Era as exclusively a WWF thing? WWF versus or, WCW, in I, my mind. Yeah, I always think is about okay. So I, that's what we kind of yeah. qualify it for, because like, I don't know, like, and part of and, sorry, part of you having to ask that question is because just WWF controls that narrative. Right, right, so. <laughs> right. Because they see that they were still doing Attitude until like two thousand two or yeah. something. Yeah. You know, but then. Vince demanded ruthless aggression <laughs> and all that bullshit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, even ECW, which I love watching some of their stuff, you know, it's like they got storylines of, you know, oh, someone's pregnant, I'm going to beat the shit out of yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, these girls are lesbians. I'm gonna beat the shit out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, there's a, a girl in the ring. I'm gonna beat the shit out of Happy her. Mother's Day, you fucking. <laughs> like they're just. <laughs> oh, goddamn, Rhino. That is. There, there's not. There's some bad stuff that even in ECW happened. And granted, like there's a lot of shock value going on and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like Jake was saying, there's some mediocre matches in there for sure. Um... You know, I think the thing of it is, it's just the business was just hot. Yeah, it was just uh, hot at that time, and you, you know, there's all, and like you say with the WWE controlling the narrative and having the tape libraries, they can say whatever they want about it. But you know, yeah. it was just its time. You know, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it, the same reason that like uh, people that were shitting on the Attitude Era thought that the Golden Era was the best era. It's like whenever your boom period is that you were really at your height of wrestling fandom, that's going to be the best one there is. But luckily, like, with us being such long fans of wrestling, Ivan and I specifically, <laughs> like, uh, we, we have the memory of all that stuff, but then we also keep getting new and new and we're not shutting we're not like shutting ourselves out to it like we want to see all this new shit and see where pro wrestling can go and and grow into and and just what people can do with the medium and we're open-minded to that and we know that the wrestling is better in ring now than it's ever been before and and everyone you have the most options in the world to watch if you don't like a certain type of wrestling there's Four, 45 other <laughs> places that you can try out and, and find a type of wrestling that you want to watch. 
And I think maybe the unique thing about maybe the um, attitude era was is like, you know, you think of this talent being just attitude talent, but there were so many people who had been around since the 80s, yeah. <laughs> and they'd just been kept down for so long. Shawn Michaels. And they finally <laughs> got up there. Michaels got up there. Hart got up there. Mm-hmm. Stone Cold got up there. The Rock got lucky because he yes. just like had only been wrestling for <laughs> like two years. <laughs> he wrestled for two years and became a champion and you know, it's just a testament to his ability. Foley had been around there. Foley had been around since the eighties. He was doing jobs for yeah. the WWF in like mid like eighty six. He got his fucking jaw broken by the British Bulldogs, mm-hmm. you know, as Jack Foley. So there had been so much talent that had been around for so long that had just been kept down. So, you know, the the talents that were big, it was just a culmination of people who had been around so long mm-hmm. and just finally got their opportunity. Well, you know? Did you say Stone Cold? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. He had been a fucking Hollywood blonde. He had been stunning Steve Austin. He was the, the ringmaster. When he the first ring... started with WWE, he didn't even have... An actual human's name. <laughs> yeah, he was just the ringmaster, <laughs> and they gave him the million dollar championship. Yep. I think I, I not to speak for you, but I, I uh, as far for me, I'm really glad that I have the perspective that I can look back at what was event uh, like. Like it was my childhood era of wrestling, but I I can look back and realize. All the things that was wrong with it, I don't, I don't, I'm not looking back with like rose, rosy red glasses on, like, uh, and I, I love looking forward to whatever wrestling is going to do next. And also with the advantage of the network, I've gone back and watched some Raws mm-hmm. from when I was a kid. They are hard to get through sometimes, because yeah. sometimes they're boring as hell. <laughs> yes, you know, there's some like I love, I have a great memory of Terry Funk and Jack. Being Cactus Jack being pushed off of... But that that's the whole episode. That's the whole episode. They spend the rest of the episode just recapping it and talking about it yeah. over and fucking <laughs> over again. And I was just like, what? <laughs> you did this for two hours? All you did was talk about the thing that happened at the top of the show? What? Huh? <laughs> And just one last thing, like the gold gold dust. You're talking about yeah. like gold dust. I remember as a great character. I mean, I'm sure mm-hmm. Dustin Rhodes has mixed feelings. Obviously, he's kept half of the face paint, so there's mm-hmm. a legacy there that he acknowledges mm-hmm. and whatnot, and that's just part of him yeah. forever. But its origins are rooted in some weird shit where they were exploring a lot of homophobia and stuff. Yeah. I mean, Jerry the King Lawler called him. That word on live TV, I'm not going to say it because I don't like to say it. Um, Did you know, that? Yeah. He wow. called him that, that F word right. on live TV, you know, and yeah. So, so not great. I guess for me to, to build upon this being yeah, someone who hasn't, you know, I've only been watching wrestling for like eight years, yeah. basically. Um, Attitude Era looked fun. Yeah, I mean, the crowds were insane at that yeah, point in time, too. absolutely. And that really does add uh, a big element to the shows. You always love seeing that one kind of 
darker tone skinned German guy who yeah. would always show up at all the New York market shows. Oh, God. Vlad, yeah. Vlad. He'd just always yeah. be up there and he'd be like, hey, I'm wearing fucking Zubas and I got my <laughs> frosted hair. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, though, like like you've said, like there are, there are really good matches. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of just meatheads in there just like yeah. fucking doing nothing. And For every soft. super dope match you have, you have three matches that uh, like, don't matter at all. Right. It's like, <laughs> oh, let's watch Los Bariquas versus DOA. Again. Cool. <laughs> In a street fight. Oh, cool. <laughs> what did they do? They scratched their, their Motorcycle. motorcycles <laughs> with one of their Spanish music instruments. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> And then talking about how wrestling has changed, and I definitely agree that it's better now than it ever was. Um, I almost had, for my match of the week this week, it was almost going to be Bret Hart versus Owen. Mm-hmm. But there were a few too many things in that match where I'm just like, this this is weird. <laughs> First of all, Hebner sucks in that match. Yeah, <laughs> He doesn't, like, I love it when refs sell big moves. Yeah, They give moves time. But he's just in there doing fast counts and not selling a goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. And hardly looking interested at all. Uh, second, Waller and Vince are on commentary. Mm. Horrible. <laughs> uh, so fucking bad. Yeah, that's, that's a rough era. <laughs> yeah, Waller, I mean, we've talked about Waller just being trash, obviously, like what you just said. And I mean, I don't think, I don't know if Jerry... Of all the negative things we could say about Jerry, I don't think he actually has a problem with gay people. I think they just pushed him out there to say that. Sure. You know, I'm just saying. But he's just, he's just the fucking worst. Uh, and Vince was... Dog shit on commentary. He just... Listening to One, him, two, just, three... Oh, I thought he had him. What a maneuver! Sorry. He's I don't know any to, of the moves. He's trying to sell his product while, you know, trying to see... However bad the product might be, and like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just bad. Um, as far as Owen and Brett are concerned, uh, it was good. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Um, I will say, as a topic I hadn't thought about, what's the deal with Bret Hart? You guys like him a lot? I like his wrestling. I, Is, was he charismatic? I, I used, no. No, uh, I didn't he was think so. he was technical as all hell. He was just a no nonsense kind of guy, right? Yeah. His best promos were basically in his little end heel run leading mm-hmm. the Heart Foundation because he just dropped the ball and spoke from the heart. Yeah. I mean know? that was great, like when he had Owen and British Bulldog in the ring and he was just talking like that and bringing them together. That's the, a great segment. The thing that tarnishes Bret Hart for me is I feel like he is a victim of anger. Yeah, okay. and resentment, and definitely, it, and it doesn't like make me think he's like a bad person or this. It just makes me feel really bad for him. Yeah, that world reigned shit on <laughs> on that man, and and it did, and a lot of things have bad bad happened to him beyond his control, mm-hmm. but I feel like, and I don't know, he's just a tragic person, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I feel like. I don't know. It's hard to pass judgment because I know depression can affect people in weird ways. And if he has depression, you know, he has every reason to have depression. Mm-hmm. But God damn it, if I just wish that he just didn't embrace it so much, you know? He, he like, yeah, real droopy dog. Like, 
It's oh. it's like when you I don't know if you can equate it to something like you know giving into the dark side. He just you know he just lets all that negativity just wash into him. It just seems like he loves to live there in negative land. Yeah, and not. Yeah, he's you know, like thriving in the doldrums. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I still think he is bothered by the Montreal thing. Sure. You know. Yeah, I, he's, he'll he, never let that go. He's you still... Watch, you watch that... There's, like, a documentary, a quasi-recent documentary from, like, what, t- eight to ten years ago where him and Sean sit down, like, together and are, like, talking about their rivalry. And Sean's, like, just, like, joking around, like, hey, like, you know, like, I found Jesus and, like, I can forgive and forget and I was an asshole, I am sorry. Where it's, like, just, like, sitting there it's, like, yeah, okay, uh, thanks, thanks there, uh... <laughs> Is this fucking over? <laughs> yeah, I mean... So, I and then that, and then paired with... Then uh, Owen's passing, and then him getting kicked so hard in the head by a shitty wrestler in Goldberg and having to stop wrestling, and then suffering a stroke after that, and just, like, thing after thing. And that was all within, like, the span of, like, four years or some shit. Yeah. And then, and but, like... And to him, like, those four years, to, in my estimation, are, like, what he defines his life by. Obviously, it's it's a very telling four years, but, like, he doesn't, uh, like, really live in, in that era before all that. And he definitely has not really existed in the era after that because he's just so dwelling on just this series of traumatic events which obviously who can blame them it's it's more shit than i've ever had to go through in my life and more than i ever hoped to go through in my life yeah but like at a certain point yeah you you have to let let that shit go uh you're it's gonna eat you alive man <laughs> like i know i even you and it has yeah it definitely has it's like oh in his book growing up i was he was like my favorite wrestler now i couldn't give up fuck about listening to him say anything <laughs> no uh, you don't want to hear brett talk about wrestling at all no <laughs> because it's just gonna make you sad or just go dude come on yeah like, that's all that's those are the two reactions it's yeah. just like <laughs> that's petty <laughs> yeah yeah you know yeah you nailed it on the head he's like darth vader on mustafar he's just living <laughs> that moment over and over again and not really doing anything else you know what's the point that he got burnt that's the real question is that the screw job i mean that set it off for sure yeah I mean, especially because yeah. you had previously agreed to like a fifteen-year contract with these people, and he's gone on the record as saying that it's his biggest regret is actually leaving that company, because he's like, well, for like just like backstage politics reasons, I would have been better off there. Uh, obviously, I would have gotten kicked in the fucking head by Goldberg. Maybe I could have talked uh, Owen out of doing the Blue Blazer shit, yeah. and he would have been able to be with me and like a hard foundation still. It's like. Uh, yeah, I'll, like, yeah, just a bunch of shit. The one, <laughs> like, the last thing I'll say on Bret Hart is what I think is maybe most tragic is that he had such 
life and career proximity tour, Tom Billington. Mm-hmm. Billington? Billing. Billingham. Billington. I, I'm sorry, I can't remember Dynamite Kid's real name. Dynamite Kid. He grew, <laughs> you know, his career ascended almost concurrently with Davy Boy and Tom. Mm-hmm. And. Billington, yeah. And Davy Boy and Tom. Both their lives having tragic ends. Yeah. Tom more so than Davy Boy. At least Davy Boy got some time in the sun <laughs> before he just like up and died. Yeah. And then like Tom just devolving into a angry creature in a wheelchair. <laughs> it's just like, fuck man, you learn nothing from them. Yeah, right. You know? It's people so close in your life and you've just learned nothing. God and Nightheart. Everybody around him has died. Yeah. I don't think there's a single Heart Foundation member living other than Bret Hart. Nightheart's dead. Owen's dead. Bulldog's dead. Pillman's, Pillman's dead. dead. They're all fucking dead. Yeah. And he's learned nothing from any of that. You know? They all had issues. Well, I mean, less so Owen. Yeah. Owen didn't have issues. <laughs> no, no. His issue was that he joked too much. You know, like... <laughs> He's too willing to do a shitty gimmick when he should have been one of the most important people in the company in 99. Yes. I mean, at least, like, Kevin Von Erich, he's a shitty wrestler, and I don't really give a shit about him, but at least Kevin Von Erich, like, <laughs> made... He he has gone on to at least try to live a positive life. Move out to Hawaii? Everybody in his entire family is dead other than a few I nephews say, and nieces. Right. Who are they're, wrestling in MLW. They're all... Yeah. Like, his entire family is gone. But he has pushed through to at least try and have, you know... You want to talk about family tragedy, at least he's, like, tried to, like, still live outside of it. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, my, my thing with Brett being basically just an outsider i've only seen a handful of his matches but i thought he's been good in the ring but yeah just like not charismatic yeah and then just knowing about him for you know the last while and he's never been happy (laughs) it seems like (laughs) i yeah i mean you almost can't blame him because of all the things that have happened i get that but like like you said he should have could have learned from yeah. some of the people around him that died young from he's just terrible been things. Living in anger for like twenty three years at this point, or some shit. Like, not feel, healthy. Man. Feel bad for the guy. Yeah. Speaking of some dark side of the ring stuff, do you guys have any ideas for dark side of the ring season three? I mean, I don't know if I can count down everything that they have covered um, exactly. Like they've covered. Essentially, all of New Jack's career. Yeah, um, yeah. They covered Dino Bravo. They covered uh, uh, the killing of um, Bruiser Brody. Bruiser Brody. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they covered the Von Erics. The Von Erics. They covered the Screw Job. They covered Owen. Macho Man. Covered Macho. Macho. Yeah, Macho and Elizabeth, I guess, specifically, or whatever, which yeah. I didn't even catch that episode, so I don't even know. I think know it was what... their first. Um, and then, of course, Benoit. Benoit. Kind of Guerrero, too, in that first episode. Yeah. But I feel like they probably could have done more with it uh, if they wanted to. I don't even know, man. 
just a whole episode about uh, about Sid breaking his leg. Oh Jesus! <laughs> um, no, I'm just trying to think of shit. I think it would be really kind of interesting if they um, had a doc a doc about that match that went down between uh, Nick Gage and Arquette, where shit got fucking off the rails. <laughs> I guess they could probably do one on Matt Bourne. Oh yeah. Doink the Clown, because his life really went in some weird, dark places after he left WWE, <laughs> culminating in a very awkward near shoot between him and Jim Duggan at some indie show. Yeah. It's really uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Saw stuff about um, so I could see I could see a Matt Bourne episode. I would be interested in a Masawa episode, since it, it died in ring. They cover Jake, the Snake Roberts at all. I mean, there's like two whole documentaries. Right. About <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, God, I don't think I that, could take any that, more after that's that. That's been been there, done that. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I don't know. They could also just talk about Scott Hall, how he had to like murder that guy, and that led to his lifelong substance abuse yeah. issues. Uh, a, self defense murder, one, but you know. like a fun one in the sense that, like, like in the same vein as Brawl for All, would be a Wrestling Society X episode. We interesting or like that weird there's that okay so there's this promotion that kind of happened in uh southern california where a bunch of people like uh carl anderson kenny omega a bunch of people like this like showed up and um wrestled for some dude and they were they were like recorded it and they were gonna like have episodes of it but that shit never released uh and those tapes are like floating around somewhere so that but i can't remember what it's called (laughs) Um, I was gonna say, oh, fuck, I lost, I lost it. I hope they um, stay away from, like, the whole Hogan racist and gawker thing. Yeah, I'd rather not. see anything about that. Yeah, there's a whole documentary about that already. So. Oh, yeah, that's true. They could talk about Perry Saturn's years on the street. <laughs> which would be harrowing, I'm sure, because he basically, like, was homeless and then, like, also, like, got shot trying to protect some people while being homeless and then got addicted to painkillers after being shot and descended into a crazier, deeper version of being homeless Oof. and such. Um, so there's that. Um, I don't know if they could just do, like, an ECW in general kind of thing for all the guys who just died yeah. who went through ECW True. Pitbull 1 uh, Cronus um, uh, you know just a lot of dead guys who all went through the ranks of did Ball is Balls Mahoney alive? no no he's dead yep Axel Rotten's dead he heroin overdosed yep um, did you say Mike Awesome? Mike Awesome killed himself yeah uh Bam Bam Bigelow died. Um, I know he had a lot of success elsewhere, but I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people who like just died of like drugs and shit, but I don't know if you can make like a whole episode about it. It seemed like heroin was a problem in the ECW locker room. I could see maybe just a general like heroin being a problem in ECW yeah. documentary. That's something that the WWE will never touch. <laughs> Not that it's something I would necessarily want to see, but it would be interesting. It's just the whole story of Sonny and Chris Candido. 
Yeah, that is kind of a little tragic love thing there from them being together and since you know, high school. <laughs> high school and Sonny banged a whole bunch of people while they were still together. I mean, they were still together when he died. Yep. You know, it yeah. just fuck, you know, <laughs> fucking blood clot on a plane mm-hmm. out of nowhere. That's some unrealized potential. Yep. I'd hate it. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd watch it, but, like, if they... <laughs> I hate it. I will watch it. <laughs> if they had, like, a bunch of people, because I'm sure it happened in the late 90s and, you know, early 2000s of just, like, female talent just being shit on, basically. And oh, yeah, the whole do, diva search. Yeah, made to do hu- inhumane things and, like, you know, if other things arose and, yeah, that'd be, that'd be dark. Yes, so. Yeah, I'm sure Don Marie and some of those other girls probably have some scary ass stories. Francine. Yeah, from back in the day. Anyway, let's pick up a <laughs> more fun topic, maybe. Pick a band to cover a wrestler's entrance music. Hmm. My example is getting like Thou or Ohm to cover The Undertaker's music. I always wanted Sun to cover The Undertaker's that, music. That'd be fine, too. Just, like, a loud, drony sort of band that, like, yeah, just wrecks your body when you hear it. If you ever experience a concert of that, it would just be so fucking heavy. Yeah. This is obviously because you love whenever Code Orange shows up, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, that happened uh, at one of the... Most recent NXT things. Completely unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, it's uh, Mighty Mighty Boston's covering Sami Zayn's entrance <laughs> music. <laughs> or Real Big Fish. Either one. Either or. Yeah. <laughs> Be interesting if Korn <laughs> did like Drew McIntyre's music or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> And <laughs> Fieldy, you got some terrible bass tone now, man. Thanks. <laughs> I'm gonna sit here like I do in most of my concerts. <laughs> no, they're a full band again. Welcome back, Head. Yeah. <laughs> Good for Corn. <laughs> Rolling full power again. Whew. Is Dave Feldman back behind the kit? Who? Feldman? Oh yeah, Feldman. Uh, I don't know. Feldman. From across the hall. <laughs> oh, come on in. Thank you for knocking. I don't think a lot of drummers like that like really uh, are important. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hold on. <Rick. laughs> Hold on. Dude. Hold on. I'm just saying like there's so many bands that like when people get older they just yeah, you got a different drummer. Yeah, bad religion. For <laughs> I mean, and older bands and that too, you know, but yeah. Basically, yeah. Uh, don't take it as a slight. <laughs> no, I will. You haven't lost a step. <laughs> as, if anything, as, I'm better than ever. As the scenes, like one of the three drummers in Champagne Urbana. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what's uh, what's be like a real fun one? Oh, obviously, Creed covers <laughs> Edge's entrance music. <laughs> <laughs> I think they can do it too. I bet they can pull it off. Ooh, yeah. God 
damn it. Just a little more yarl in there. <laughs> Bring that stap yarl. Um, I don't know, like, because it's hard to think, because... Because, like, they even, like, had people do some of those themes, and it's always, like, awful yeah. <laughs> sometimes. It's always corny. It's almost, like, just bad. Like, other than other than Motorhead writing original songs for Triple H, it's mostly just bad. Hmm. You know? Obviously, there's been times where they've just write original themes or whatever. Uh, when Bowling for Soup did that song for Alexa Bliss, that is the worst thing I've ever yeah. heard, and those guys are too old. Just too yeah. old. You can't. You can't take their stuff. <laughs> just too old. Mista, Mista. Um, who? What band would you pick to cover Moxley's AEW theme? Is that almost like a Melvin's sort of thing? Yeah, like the Melvin's or I don't know. Dude, I'd get like, Fudge Tunnel back together. Yeah. <laughs> see the butthole surfers doing a wackier version of it true or <laughs> or primus doing just an awful version of it. <laughs> primus covering the sanity theme <laughs> basically they might have well have already composed it <laughs> it could have been yeah the one song that Les claypool wrote for the wwe <laughs> <laughs> what wrestler would go great with ministry like darby allen or something <laughs> oh man I love Darby's theme, so you know who, can't mess with that. You know who would? Lance Archer would go great with some ministry, honestly. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I can see that fucker <laughs> coming out that <laughs> <says> Jesus <laughs> built a hot rod. Old biker Corbin with uh, his uh, hair. That coming yeah. made him a little bit cooler. Before he became a garçon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just the worst entrance music now with that... Yeah, it's just fucking terrible. They changed it? No, it's oh. it's the same thing it's been for like a year now, since he won King of the Ring. But it's just terrible. It's that spliced together bullshit that sounds awful. Yeah, they need to do better. Yeah. About a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, are there too many tournaments in pro wrestling, and do other companies try to emulate NJPW and their tournament system too often? Does NJPW do too many tournaments? NJPW does do like four tournaments a year. Yeah. They do... Oh, it, it might even be more. They do a heavyweight singles. They do a junior singles. They do heavyweight tag, junior tag. Uh, and then they also... Obviously they do... Well, they do two heavyweight singles because they do the G1 and the New Japan Cup. So they do five... They're at five a year. That's a lot. It is a lot. Uh, I mean, it's it's a way for them, obviously, to get everyone working, which is why they do it, but um, it is too many. Uh, I they think they, they'd be fine with the G1 in a tag tournament. Uh, I think they could... I, I, I like how adherent they are to their weight class system there, though. It's kind of fun, because you have to like work your way up through the juniors and into the heavyweight division. And really, really earn your your keep there. So you have you have to invest in the company if the company's going to invest in you for the most part, which is fun. Yeah, not not a lot of people can just walk in like Mox did, uh, or like Kenta since he never even really wrestled for uh, New Japan. He was always a Noah guy. I don't know. I think that there are two perfect tournaments 
in pro wrestling, and that is the G1 and the Battle of Los Angeles. I love those. I watch them every year. I don't give a fuck. Um, obviously, one is three days and one is uh, four <laughs> weeks. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's it's still so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've I've enjoyed the May Young Classics. Yeah. And the Cruiserweight Classic was a fun one-off. Yep. Um, I've been wondering if they would ever do that again. I mean, they keep signing people that wouldn't be in it anyways. So it's like, and, I, and I guess they've done like a hundred cruiserweight tournaments over the last four years as well, just yeah. to determine like a vacant champion or a number one that, contender. That, yeah. That's the problem with WWE is how often they do a tournament out of just desperation. Yeah. yeah, where it's just like, well, we don't have a challenger or we don't have a champion tournament or we don't have this, and it just it's thrown out there. So last minute for such a fucking large company, they never seem to have like a long term plan for anything. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, like WWE doesn't exactly deliver on tournaments. I don't know if at one time the King of the Ring was more or less interesting. Exactly. I mean, I remember. I think so I think growing up, like when we were young. Yeah. King of the Ring. I looked forward to those King of the Rings. It was. I mean, they did it where the tournament was just interwoven with just everything else. It wasn't an event. I mean, it became an event, yeah. but well, it, well, yeah, not but all the matches would happen on that event. They'd have all they their... They'd have, like, a 32-man opening round and then a 16-man opening round all throughout, like, weeks of television, and then whittle it down to, like, the final eight for, like, a one-night tournament finale. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. And, I mean, they have obviously had some good winners and just some exciting things that happened there. I mean, but King of the Ring after, I don't know, after Kurt, who won the King of the Ring after Kurt? Rikishi? Maybe. Maybe? I don't remember. Who won after Kurt won in, like, 2000? Uh, Edge? Did Edge win a King of the Ring in, like, 2001? Maybe. Billy Gum, I think, won one, didn't he? Oh, yeah, he won one in the 90s. 99? Um, I don't know. I think I think uh, the thing that uh, really goes against... I think a thing where like WWE specifically has dropped the ball uh, is in wanting to have tournaments like... I mean, like they used to with that King of the Ring. It was like every June, that's when you're going to crown your King of the Ring winner of the King of the Ring was going to get a shot at SummerSlam. Uh, and so that sets up your storylines that you have through the summer. And, you know, every June you're getting that that King of the Ring tournament. But now they just do it, like, randomly, and it doesn't fucking matter. There's, like, no build-up. It's like, oh, in two weeks, King of the Ring's going to be here. I mean, last year I thought they did it good for the first time since, like, maybe the early 10s mm-hmm. or something like that. Because they did have... A several week long yeah. tournament to build for it. Yeah, um, so, I mean Baron Corbin one. We're still paying for that, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I thought they executed a lot better than they did with Wade Barrett. Edge was the one who won after Kurt Angle, by the way. Yeah, it didn't Edge, Edge Booker, beat Kurt Angle actually? Yeah, <laughs> Booker T also was probably a good notable King of the Ring. Yeah, yeah. and he like excelled with that. Oh yeah. How was Regal's reign as King of the Ring? 
It was like one of those like one of the random, random ones. ones. Like okay. he was the, one of the first people who won, and it wasn't a pay per view anymore. Mm-hmm. And he just won, and he kind of scowled, sat in a chair, <laughs> sat in a chair, and then they didn't do anything with him. Mm. Yeah, a lot of potential. In that right. one. I can't really think of uh, too many tournaments that exist elsewhere aside from like the random like crowning like the crowning of the TNT. Uh, champion that was a tournament but obviously like AEW I think does tournaments pretty well especially yeah. since they're more competition based and yeah. like you know yeah. records matter I would love for I don't even know if they have enough people to really do it anymore uh, <coughs> given the amount of people that have come and gone but I would love a return of the DDT4 tournament in PWG which is the their tag tournament Cause that was always just so much fun, mm-hmm. uh, but like I said, I mean, I mean, they're they're only running like six to seven matches every every other month, so yeah, we'll see. I've never caught one of the Crockett Cups, mm-hmm. but I question the application because it's based on a kind of legacy event that in itself was not a success. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Like the they original, only ran three times. The original Crockett Cup was bullshit. It yeah. was just it was a flop. There's just a way to try and bring in some of the mid south talent they just purchased and they just told it didn't didn't <laughs> draw any money yeah. or a crowd. I love the J Cup. I love the origins of the J Cup and uh, obviously it's just it's completely sort of morphed now. But they still bring in outside talent. Uh, and independent workers to fill in spots in that tournament, and thus keeping sort of the spirit of the original tournaments alive with, like, the best of the juniors worldwide coming to compete. Yeah, I kind of... The one fondness I do have for the J-Cup is how it was, like, a trophy, yeah. you know? Yeah. wasn't anything contended. Mm. wasn't really, like, something that they like, lose or anything. It's just like, <laughs> hey... He's got a trophy at the end, and everybody's just kind of claps. They give him like a couple corsages or something, yeah. and some some streamers and whatnot. I don't know. There's just something kind of like fun about that, you know. And they used to do that too with the old school battle royales they did in WWF, where like Bad News Brown won the battle royale, and then Bret Hart destroyed his fucking trophy, and that's how they kind of got that off the ground. Yeah. You know, with Brett being a single and getting over. but So overall, it seems like there are too many tournaments and not enough really good tournaments. Yeah, uh, yeah, like the well-executed tournament tournaments only happen every now and then. Yeah. Like once a year in PWG and once a year in New Japan. Everyone else is welcome I think to try. The, the problem with the quality of tournaments is like WWE does them, but they don't even like them. You know. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're not. They they don't want to invest the time because it's because it's long term booking. <laughs> so that being said, long term booking, and they don't like also putting value in a lot of talent because it. Yeah. They are an example of a company that hates putting power into their wrestlers' hands, and I feel like a good tournament would put power into their hands because then they'd have more value, yep. even though they pay them. Well, yeah. I don't know. I guess it, the power that they don't have is creative control or something. You yes. Know? Yeah. It's weird. They're almost imprisoned by all that money. 
It's a fucking weird place, right? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, that that's kind of like what JR would have done if he would have signed with them instead of AEW. Like, Vince just wanted to up his contract yeah. and pay him more to stay away from AEW, even though he's using them for, like, fucking pre-shows. And yeah, not one match every... He, he couldn't do it. Yeah. John Moxley, he had his interview, and he's just like, I can't believe you guys are making me turn down all this fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I just I, I hope that they consistently do King of the Ring maybe every two years and do it well. Do it over the course of a few weeks and then the person who does King of the Ring, uh who actually wins it is uh, you know, someone up and coming and worthy of it. Yeah. Would have liked to have seen some more evolution pay per views, but I guess that was just a one off to make up for oh, Saudi. That would have been great yeah. if they would have made I mean, just do it yearly. That'd be great. Yeah. Or more than <laughs> sure. I'm not saying I'm not putting a cap on yeah, it. Yeah. I'm just saying at least do it once a year. You heard it first. Darren only wants to watch one women's pay per view. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, you got me. That's gonna be the pull quote. <laughs> All right, couple more questions here. Uh, what does your wrestling Mount Rushmore look like? Tough call. Yeah, I, in this moment, it would have to be in this moment because it's always sort of evolving. Um, well, I gotta go. Let's go with like your favorite wrestlers, not necessarily well, I'll, the I'll, I'll, most I, important. I'm ones. gonna try to do mine from like picking one person from the '80s, one person from the '90s, one person from the 2000s, oh. and one from the 2010s. Okay, I guess is how I'm gonna try it. Wrestlers from this year need not apply. Yep. Got your back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if I'm talking 1980. Best wrestler, I'll put Ric Flair up there. So he's the pinnacle of 80s wrestling. I like this idea. I'm going to do it too. Ric Flair. (laughs) 90s pinnacle of a wrestler. So much harder. Um, I'll put Stone Cold up there as he's, you know the top dog of the 90s even though he really only got to like shine for like three years yeah Uh, but he was wrestling really great before that (laughs) he was wrestling great before that he had some killer promos in ecw (laughs) fired him on the phone (laughs) and he you know hollywood blondes even though it was kind of goofy it was a good tag team um so and then I don't know. I mean, I don't even know if these are like my favorite wrestlers of those times. I'm just saying something. Who's going to be representative? I mean, Mick's great and all. He's in my match of the week final match, so he can can have that. Mm. Um, The 2000s. I'm going to go with who's my favorite 2000s era wrestler? JBL. No. (laughs) Oh, Ron Simmons. I'm going to go with Eddie Guerrero because he was the first person to really break the mold in the 2000s. And I know he died, not. He only lived, I guess, until like 2005. And he lived half of that time. But, you know, he won the belt before Benoit. Mm -hmm. You know, he got to that spot, and I don't know. I think he was like kind of the first guy where it's just like, here's someone who really worked hard and deserved it. So I put. Eddie. So I got Rick, Stone Cold Eddie, 
In 2010, it's got to be CM Punk for me. I'm sorry. I know I suck his dick with his compliments all the time, but he's my, <laughs> you know, he made wrestling really interesting for the 2010s. Absolutely. Yeah, even so, though he was only there for He was gone after a two, month. He only had one month out of 2014, and that was it, and he's yep. gone. So he wasn't even there for most of the decade. Right. So there you go. All right, mine. And I'm going to pick people different than you on Please purpose. Do. So, uh, 80s, I'm going to pick Macho Man, because I've liked every single thing I've seen Macho Man in, uh, and his just personality. I'll, I'll just sit around and watch his promos. Yeah, and that's it. I, it's just so much fun watching him work, even though he was probably in a hell of drugs right then, but it was... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much drugs he actually did. Purportedly, I mean, I think he might have drank a little, but I mean, his whole thing, I mean, it's just natural. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure his like whole just pep. Well, that's good. But him, him versus Steamboat is. You know, it's weird. Some matches. of the people who are on drugs are people you wouldn't expect. Yeah. Yeah, like Roddy Piper. Oh. Did a lot of cocaine. <laughs> I I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> Maybe not, but you know. You would think, would you think him over Macho Man with their personalities? Good point. Roddy Piper did a lot of cocaine. Bob Wharton Jr. did a lot of cocaine. <laughs> that cast was cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Just chips away yeah. parts of it. <laughs> Up all night shooting cheese balls. That's, That's heroin cheese. cheese. Cocaine. <laughs> uh, up next. Uh, I think we're going to do Shawn Michaels in the 90s. Because, I mean, he was huge with the ladder matches, mm -hmm. even in the early 90s, doing, you know, Barbershop, iconic. Yeah. One of the biggest moments in wrestling still. And again, someone that's not there the last two years. Right. <laughs> but doing DX when it was good. Yep. Was a lot of fun. Uh, wow. Him and Hell in a Cell with Taker. Just a lot of really good underappreciated things that he did at the time yes yes 2000s it is very hard to go against Guerrero man because uh, he is so influential for everybody now basically yeah um man that's a tough one you can say Brock Lesnar it's okay <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Angle was kind of my like runner up for the 2000s that's who I think I'm gonna go not gonna go with. <laughs> I wrote it down. <laughs> I'll let you have that one. Uh, oh fuck! <laughs> Who gets that instead of him? Um, probably Cena, because yeah. I I did legitimately like a lot of Cena's work when I was actually watching the two thousands, watching him do you know yeah like you said his feud with Edge yeah that ridiculous match that they had the ladder match. Mm. Um, Solid. Him with Shawn Michaels was great. So the limited amount of time that I actually saw Cena, I thought he was cool and he wasn't stale at that point in yeah, time. Yeah. So that was probably <laughs> the most important thing. And then 2010s, holy shit. I know your favorite wrestler. Yep. So I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll let you have him as well. Um, 
<laughs> Man. What? Oh, no, no. I'm not, not going to go with Cody. <laughs> Tempting, though. I'm going to go with Generico and slash Sami Zayn. Because I loved everything I saw Generico in early 2000 or 2010s in ROH. Moving on to PWG, two skinny black guys. Yes. Javier's <laughs> <laughs> um, Abejos. <laughs> and then him moving on to NXT for the longest time was awesome. Yeah. And then there was a glimmer of hope of him on the main roster. And then he was reduced to mid-card. But being very entertaining in that mid-card as well. Guy's very good at his job. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've just liked watching him forever. Right now. For me, same setup, 80s, Deathly Rose, the American Dream Daddy. Uh, I, I just have a tape full of promos, like a set tape full of ripped promos of his that I pop on every now and then. Ooh, baby, my hand is touching your hand, and it's good. Uh, <laughs> 90s, this is a recent addition for me. I got, I got been, I've been super into watching Mitsuharu Masawa for the last like year, year and a half. Uh, such a fucking good wrestler. Uh, and just so many good, re- uh, so many good matches with like Kawada and fucking Kobashi and just, I have not seen a bad Masawa match from the moment that he unmasked his tiger mask to where she does mid match in a tag match. It's so great. That's on the, uh, on the playlist somewhere on YouTube. Uh, so fucking good. Um, a man who I've recently, that's from my nineties pick, uh, was Masawa 2000s. A man who I've really recently realized that he's one of my top favorite wrestlers of all time is Kurt Angle. So I robbed it from Darren because I wrote it down before Darren had a chance to <laughs> think of his. Uh, uh, again, I I'm it's I'm hard pressed to find a bad Kurt Angle match before 2016. You know, uh, before 2018 almost. Yeah. Uh, but. Um, He's so good. He can do everything. He can talk. He can. He fucking, made TNA watchable. He made TNA watchable. Him and AJ Styles, um, uh, who didn't make any of our lists. Spoiler alert for my 2010s pick. Um, but yeah, Kurt Angle's just so fucking good, man. <laughs> he he just like took to the business. Just like got it, understood it, understood all of the entertainment part of it, and could also back that up with actual wrestling wrestling acumen. 2010s for me has to be Kevin fucking Steen. Uh, he's been my favorite wrestler for so long now. It's going to be a shame not to be able to watch him all the time. Uh, but he'll leave that company eventually and go where literally every single one of his best fucking friends lives <laughs> and works in AEW. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He'll save his money and then he'll go have yes, fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because he's a, he's a smart man. Uh, and yeah, endlessly entertainment, uh, entertaining, uh, one of the best shit talkers, uh, in a match, uh, great commentator, good promos, like, uh, everyone but Masawa is, like, great on promos, I'm sure Masawa is probably good on it, but I don't understand Japanese, so, <laughs> but something about it, like, that's a fucking, that's a Mount Rushmore list right there, <laughs> yeah, baby. Is. Man, legit. My runner-up for the last decade has to be Daniel Bryan. Yeah, say yeah, Bryan or Styles or like Bryan Styles, Omega. Um, yeah, 
I had kind of Rhodes in there just taking yeah. charge of his fucking life. Yeah. And doing everything. Changing the game, leaving WWE. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spearheading a whole new venture of mm-hmm. wrestling to a certain degree. Um, I don't know if... Uh, maybe he wouldn't get up on uh, Mount Rushmore of any kind, you know, or at least anyone that anyone else would acknowledge in en masse or something. But I just, I really fucking like Chris Hero. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's can't wait to see where he goes. Yeah, one of the top ten wrestlers of all time. Like, yeah. But, um, but you know, he never, he never (laughs) got to like, like, obviously everybody on our lists got to like the top. Yeah. He's one person that you wish got to the top, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. just had to. I mean, other than I mean, he's forty-one, but <laughs> fuck it. I mean, his his move set doesn't really age that much. I feel nope. like so. I think he you can know just... whose move set he pretty much does verbatim, Masawa. Oh, <laughs> dang. Yeah, she. All right. Uh, last question I have on here: Who is the most important wrestler of all time, as far as? Like, furthering the business, uh, leading company through a dark period, uh, crossover effect to mainstream, any of that. It's a big question. It is. Because <laughs> there are um, plenty of people you could look at that, like... I think in the States, yeah. for me, it's probably got to be Flair, because... How many people do you talk to that don't love Ric Flair? You know, <laughs> how many people in wrestling don't say that they like grew up idolizing Flair? In Japan, though, uh, it's got to be Tanahashi because he kept New Japan afloat when they definitely should have closed their doors, uh, and uh, helped keep that company afloat in a new era after all the old guard had retired because they fucked around and didn't build up new young talent. Like so many other companies have done. <laughs> Those are my two. Hmm. I'm gonna. This is kind of weird because this is a little more behind the scenes. I'm gonna say, and this might be controversial. I'm gonna say Pat Patterson. Okay. Because I feel like not just his career, but his guidance. Behind the scenes in WWF, WWE, gave us some of our favorite memories of wrestling. The Royal Rumble match, baby. Yeah. I I think Pat, Pat, maybe his wrestling, and maybe he's not like known or whatever, but I'm just just saying important, like an unknown important, like his efforts, you know, pushing for the right people, backing Mm -hmm. up the right people, and just being like the one person... That Vince McMahon, the one right person that Vince McMahon was right to listen to. Right. <laughs> Pat Patterson. Yeah. You know, just in a kind I, of... I think in that same vein, Dusty could be really high fucking up there, too. Yeah. That's true. Because Flair was not as good of a booker as Dusty no. was. <laughs> no, he was not. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of positive memories of, Actually, of Flair. I'm booking. changing mine from Flair to Dusty because... Dusty not only had such an impact on that, but now he's also had such an impact on this generation uh, through his work in NXT and also, obviously, with his child, uh, his children, 
who are both also helping provide a platform for even more younger talent to thrive. Yeah. Um, man, I feel like Stone Cold has to be one of the most important ones. Not for maybe the same reasons like you guys had mm. with your... Well, he picks, transcended but... pro yeah. wrestling. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Everyone I mean, knows who Stone Cold is. Maybe The Rock, you know, was the one who went to Hollywood first. Oh, yeah. But I think Stone Cold was the one who made wrestling truly cool. Yeah. He, he broke wrestling. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it was just... People say, Huge. yeah, say people say that Hogan's the biggest star in wrestling history, but not by a fucking long shot. Stone Cold is so far above him. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. Absolutely. I mean, he he's got the flair effect that everybody think, loves him. Everybody uh, fucking knows who he is too. Yes, everyone knows who he is. So, and he kind of saved wrestling because business was really down in '96. Yes. Obviously, the NWO sparked some stuff over on the WCW side. Mm-hmm. But who knows where the WWF would be without Stone Cold? Yeah, you know what I mean, in it, the shitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They really just, they would be WCW and <laughs> yeah, there'd be no networks. There, you know, all the tapes would be scattered to the wind. Wrestling history would be very different. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's legit, you know. Yeah, maybe a little honorable mention just to Michael P. S. Hayes for <laughs> just for you know. I think he really backed him up a lot when he got behind the scenes, and yeah. and, he, and Michael also back definitely elevated good talent like the Hardys and, yeah. and Edge and Christian and whatnot too. But you know, yeah. My runner-up is it's gonna be Cody. Yeah, because he, you know, he kind of it feels like he gave the Bucks the, you know, he led the way. Yeah, yeah, help, yeah, help them really determine that they do yeah, yeah, like, I don't know if the Bucks could have ever pulled this off without someone kind of pushing them out of bed every day and yeah. saying, all right, guys, time to go to work. Because Cody... His work ethic is has, fucking has, second to none. Has the work ethic. Nothing against the Bucks. But, but they, they're not, I mean, they have they're, families and shit. They're, <laughs> they're extremely the, important as well. The Bucks live their gimmick in that they are laid back, you know? Yeah. Like, they do kind of give off kind of like, hey, we're laid back and everything, you know? It's yeah. not like, chill out, man. You know, there's two <laughs> little Rob Van Dams running around or whatever. <laughs> but, you know... They're Christian as fuck. <laughs> they are. <laughs> That's a reference to new being the elite, anyway. Good lord. But, you know, Cody has the drive that they needed to help get this all, you know into a little perfect storm of something. Yeah, and just like him learning from his dad and betting on himself and, yeah, being one of the main cogs starting up mm-hmm. something that was desperately needed in the wrestling industry, which mm-hmm. is another company in the United States to run against WWE. Uh, yeah, that's just fucking huge. I guess Cody's importance is still so much ahead of him, yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, Because yeah. there's just that initial shock where it was just like, oh, someone left the WWE and became amazingly important without them. Mm-hmm. Like, and it just keeps growing, too. And that's obviously inspired Mox to walk. Yep. 
And it's inspired a lot of other people to finally say, fuck the money. FTR. You know, FTR. Oh, they're they're doing coming great. In. They want. That, so, that match of Butcher and Blade. Like, it's good. Yeah. It, their value was put over in that match completely. Because Butcher and Blade are good. Yeah. But they got a great match out of them. And that's <laughs> what they do, man. Yeah. So, But yeah. Back to the Cody thing. I'm just saying, he obviously blazed a trail that hasn't, the full effect of which hasn't even been realized, yeah. you know. And I can't wait to see... You'll look back on this pro- podcast as we are all prophets, obviously. Uh... <laughs> In a way, most like the whole COVID thing and all the furloughs and firings, I think that's also going to have an interesting effect now that we're seeing EC3 and Rusev and all these other mm-hmm. guys, what they're going to do now, yeah. you know. Not I sure think, what Gallows and Anderson are going to do. Uh, they're, they're teasing New Japan and Impact. Okay. So, who's to say? <laughs> yeah. Interesting stuff. They obviously can't travel to Japan right now. Right. I don't know. Can like, I go by I, boat? I, you know, I have... I don't have, like, a hate towards WWE, but I would like to just see more and more talent just to leave yeah you know yeah because i'm tired of them having everybody and doing nothing with them and that's really the only reason why they have everyone is so no one else can have them do it and so many of these people signed prior to AEW even being you know yeah concrete at all yeah so like people like adam cole didn't even have a chance adam cole has not re-signed his yeah as of right now and his contract's up in August. See, NXT is perfect for him, but main roster, he'll he'll get lost. He's too small. He didn't have the right body type. But you know yeah. who's in AEW? His girlfriend and or fiance, can't remember if they're engaged or not. Longtime girlfriend, longtime partner. Uh, all of his best friends. This is a real Steen scenario <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, I mean, we all, we all thought Marty was a foregone conclusion, and then... He got the book at ROH, and we're still really to see how that's going to pan out because they haven't ran a show since February. Yeah. See, like, Cole's future, he could... I mean, he's he's extremely good. Yes. He could be the next Jericho in yeah. WWE. Um, but even that, do you want that? Because Jericho wasn't even happy being Jericho at WWE. True. And he had lots of... I mean, he didn't have... He had success, obviously, but... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's... Interested to see where people go. I would love to see... I want Trevor Lee back. I want my Trevor Lee back. You can keep that Cameron Grimes and, <laughs> and shit in that hat. He's... he's <laughs> I mean, it's pretty fun right now, honestly. Yeah, he's Trevor fucking Lee, dude! <laughs> I mean, I'll give him that. There was a time when it was exciting that people got into nxt yeah there was like a time where that was like an exciting fun prospect where we were like oh my god this is so cool they're gonna be on the main stage now yeah. it's, it's like they'll have two bummer. good years they'll yeah. have two good years get called up and then be in the mid card or not on tv at all yep and that's pretty much how it goes uh-huh. with, the, with that cycle yeah uh I guess this kind of goes into like sort of a wrap up sort of what do you look forward to in wrestling where we don't talk about it on the podcast. Just looking forward. I'm, I'm just looking forward to watching more and more wrestling. I, I, I pretty much, I went pretty into it when we were just talking about the Attitude Era. I'm just always 
interested in what is going to be that next evolution of pro wrestling and I'm happy to go on that ride and I obviously this next leg is going to be really interesting because every every company has had to shift how they do business due to a global pandemic uh, and that's going to have serious repercussions and shockwaves throughout the industry for years and I want to I'm very interested to see how smaller indies adapt to that the GCWs of the world, the, oh, I mean, they're not terribly small, but, like, yeah, the GCWs, the, the AAWs, like, all these smaller companies interested to see what they do to be able to uh, not only survive, but also attempt to thrive again. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. And just finding the next weird wrestlers. Like, uh, I love <laughs> doing that shit. That's one of my favorite things, is finding a new guy and then trying to figure out uh, how much of his shit I can watch, like, <laughs> right, and and what he's going to be like. I uh, I was I was chatting up MJF before, like like two years before AEW existed. Like uh, I just I love knowing these people before they even get to take that even first step to the next level, and just being able to follow, just like grab on and follow them, and see where they go. So. Yeah, I. I'm looking forward to just AEW becoming more and more prominent. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be fantastic to see what they do with that company because they have so much potential. Um, I'm excited for whenever WWE turns the corner. Yeah. They have to, right? They lose some of their more an- antiquated ideas about the business. You're right. I, too, am looking forward to the death of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. <laughs> Was punk was punk wrong? No, <laughs> I mean, he was right. But the bad thing, the weird thing is, if Triple H completely takes over, so far it looks kind of good. I don't know if he'll take over. Yeah, I think Stephanie's gonna be in charge, or Shane. No, Stephanie. I'd be a kid. <laughs> it's Stephanie. She's Stephanie is exactly like Vince. Yeah. I feel like if you really look at like philosophy and everything, Vince has perfectly molded her into exactly what he wants to lead the company forward. And I think she will be She's spearheading. Like, maybe it might change a little bit, and maybe she'll get a little more hands-off if, if the idea of WWE being a company and doing everything under the sun like they always want it to be. Mm-hmm. Not a wrestling company, but a, an entertainment, an entertainment conglomerate. Yeah. You know, maybe it could change a little bit, but I feel like Stephanie is the heir apparent, and that might give Triple H maybe some wiggle room here and there, but I don't know. I mean, that's why Shane quit originally, because it became very clear to him that he wasn't going to be the one. It was going to (laughs) be Stephanie and not him. And, you know, yeah, she bird-dogged him, you know. She figured out the right way, you know, to go and and that's what you know that's what papa wants so you know <laughs> so i think <laughs> i think there's a, a chance for daddy i think uh, <laughs> i think there's a chance that there could be some change when he passes the reins but i feel like she'll want to follow his example a lot yeah so. yeah we shall see Ivan, is that? 
I mean, I think I kind of got mine in a little earlier just saying I'm interested to see the ripple effects of Cody's departure and success yeah, yeah. outside of WWE and just more and more people seeking success elsewhere. Yeah, seeing that confidence grow and, and more and more choices. I, I want to see... I want to see... Yeah, yeah I, I want wrestlers to be in control yeah. of their careers again. I want I want to see... I, I look forward to the prospect of also potentially just companies willing to work together to exchange talent so you can you can present matches that you can't see anymore. Fresh cards. Yeah, fresh cards, just interesting matchups, and just working together for the sake of building up this world again. Yep. Can you imagine WWE talking about AEW on their programming? You know, while it's happening. Outside of a veiled. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the backyard. <laughs> you guys have anything else you want to talk about wrestling-wise? No, man. I love wrestling. It's great. Yeah. still love wrestling. We're, I think we're all very optimistic, despite of like how much yeah. we have talked shit about WWE yeah, yeah. the podcast. I mean, uh, I think it will be... A while again in my life before I sort of tune back into definitely main roster WWE shit. I don't have any interest in. I will. I probably won't watch again until the Rumble, if I had to guess. Uh, because there's, I mean, SummerSlam maybe, but I I won't watch again until the Rumble. And even Survivor then, Series is yeah, hopefully good. But Rumble's <laughs> my thing. Like yeah. I love the Rumble. I, I I'll always love the Rumble. And so I'll always watch the Rumble. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't give a fuck about so much of what they're doing there right now, uh, and that's a shame because, like I said, a lot of wrestlers, like my favorite wrestler, is on that roster, mm-hmm. and I just like I, I'm I'm willing to forgo that to not give this company any money uh, and I'll just watch other wrestling. Yeah. Give, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we might think, hopefully, like we said, they'll turn the page at some point, but yeah. goddamn, they're just they a shining back. example of a uh, really uh, low morality yeah. company that is desperate for the buck and yes. doesn't give a shit about who they hurt. Yep, and they just care about, they don't even care about that their fans, they just care, yeah, about that, <laughs> the bottom line. Yep. Yeah, you kind of hope they have a finance. Uh, it'd be nice to see WWE have a financial downturn. Yeah. When they get lean, is sometimes when they made some of their best turns. You Absolutely. Know? Like right. When they were having shit times, taking water coolers out and laying off people and whatnot, you know. That's sometimes when they did some of their best work. Yeah. They need that some of the adversity back that they used to have because without that adversity they can't really change. So it'd be interesting to see if they do and indeed get hurt by these like lawsuits that the shareholders are suing them for right yeah. now. And you know, I'm sure that because it seems like right now they only have one wrestler that's like willing to testify, but their identity identity is secret at the moment. Yeah, I'm sure with proper motivation a ton of them would come out because that's yeah i mean past <laughs> present and future <laughs> <laughs> and like if you aren't if you don't know what we're talking about uh I it, it was recently 
brought up just this week that shareholders are suing WWE over the Saudi deal and specifically what happened at Crown Jewel last year. It, that was confirmed, like the rumors were confirmed that uh, they were hostages, kind of. They were kidnapped by the Saudi government yeah. because of Vince McMahon not airing like the first half hour or something of Crown Jewel. Mm-hmm. And the yeah Crown Prince was pissed, basically. So they were definitely held in Saudi on the tarmac. Instead of being, you know, a free person, you are being held against your will uh, because of your employer, basically. And your employer just fucking dipped, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's what's going on. They have one person who is in court documents that said that they're, like, willing to... Yeah, like, they shared their story, basically. And I, yeah, they can get so many other people on board with that. Yeah, absolutely. And they should. Are they suing because of the bungling the money deal or something, or just? I'm not entirely sure why stockholders are suing the company. Yeah. Well, because why would people want to support a company that has a deal with a government that murders uh, the press? Yeah. Yeah. And multiple other human rights violations. But, of course, this is in the United States where there's multiple human rights violations happening every single fucking day right now, too. So Yeah, exactly. Um, we came out strong as a podcast thanks to your tweets, mostly. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, we support the uh, Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Ivan and I went uh, marching in a protest last week. And we've all donated our band. Well, we haven't yet, but we're gonna donate money. Our band's so. got. Yeah, our bands are donating two hundred and fifty dollars. So we're gonna spread out over some different organizations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, the, yeah, this is really one hell of a time to not be in WWE's corner too, because yeah, I mean, you know they might put up pressers and Instagram. Uh, stories supporting it, but, but their history has not shown that they yeah, support it. The of fact it. of the matter is, uh, one of the biggest donators to fucking Trump's whole campaign is Vince McMahon. So. Yeah. Anyways, good so, thing to end this like this. <laughs> <laughs> At least Steph and Trips support Chris Christie. At least that. <laughs> that if only you guys can donut. <laughs> Okay, let, let's, uh, before we do matches of the week, let's talk about why we like wrestling and bring up the mood a little bit. How about that? I like wrestling because black lives matter. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> You're not <and> wrong. <laughs> COVID-19 is real. Wear a fucking mask. Uh, but I just, I don't know. I've always loved it. I don't give a fuck. People have been telling me it's fake my whole life. I'm not a dipshit. I know it's predetermined, but it's real athleticism, and it's just fun. I've always, always loved doing it. I love watching wrestling. I'll watch wrestling for eight hours alone. I'll watch wrestling for eight hours with anyone that's willing to watch wrestling. I will talk about wrestling for hours and hours on end, as is evidence right now at the two and a half hour mark of this podcast. We had to do it. We had to do it. We had to do it to him. Um, but yeah, I've I've just it's just always been there. I I remember as far back as like seven eight, uh, going to the video store, running whatever fucking wrestling I could find, and then watching it over and over and over again and that's 
pretty much never stopped except for a brief sabbatical when I was in high school. And when you're in high school, you think you're too cool for fucking everything. Yeah. Uh, I thought so. I was too cool for basketball. Right? What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> me too. <laughs> Not cool. Um, you probably have another really good answer, so uh, I'll go first. I don't, have, <laughs> I don't have a whole lot. I don't really remember how I got into wrestling. It just sort of happened. It's just been there. And <laughs> then, you know, I got out and... Got back into it when I found out Jake liked wrestling a lot, and you know, one of <laughs> one of the dearest friendships in my life formed through wrestling, you know, and and I can't understate the importance of that. Yeah. So there's That's, we quoted yeah. wrestlers in our wedding vows. Like <laughs> <laughs> I, Ivan and I are married, and we have wedding <laughs> vows. <laughs> That's that's one of my reasons too is the unity behind it. Mm-hmm. I think we all became better friends like when I started learning because you guys already knew it. Yeah, <laughs> and just like us coming together to do this podcast, uh, however much we might look back and think that's kind of a waste of time, it's still fun. It was fun. <laughs> it was it's it was always fun at least, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's like. Outside of actually, like what you said, of just it's an escape. It's yeah. It's just dumb fun things to watch. Yes, a live (laughs) wrestling show goes up against any sport. Yeah, live. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just the energy, the athleticism. Uh, you know, when the storytelling is storytelling is good. It's it's fantastic the variety of yeah. move sets and people involved with it. It's like any other script or program that you fucking love. <laughs> like yeah, it's it, it, it's great. Exactly. Okay, uh, matches of the week. Yeah, baby. For the last time, these aren't necessarily our favorite matches of all time. They're just you know. This is one of mine. I'm gonna go first, baby. Do it. Uh, Kurt Angle. Versus Shane McMahon, King of the Ring, 2001, Street Fight. Holy fuck. I love this match. I'll watch this match a couple times every year. Uh, There's just so much fun. This was Kurt Angle's third match of the night because, uh, obviously, uh, Shane McMahon uh, helped him in one match so he would advance to the finals of the King of the Ring tournament and then screwed him in that match uh, because he knew he was also going to have to fight him later. So, which is why earlier I knew that Edge beat Kurt Angle to win the King of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some absolutely fucking brutal shit in this match. Uh, they keep trying to German suplex uh, Shane through some plate glass, <laughs> and the plate glass is not cooperating. Uh, and so he falls on his dome like three times. Uh, and he hits a fucking shooting star press onto a goddamn trash can. Oh, man, it's just so fun. So brutal, and like I said, Kurt Angle on on my list on my in my top ten all time. Easy, hell oh, yeah. Uh, I'll go with mine. Mine is Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura NXT Takeover Dallas, twenty sixteen. Uh, I was going through the list last night, and I realized that this wasn't on it, <laughs> and I was shocked because we've talked about it. I don't know how many times. In these home 100 episodes. Right. Um, I think it's like one of the most important NXT matches of all time. As far as them up and coming as a company, them bringing in Shinsuke was was huge. The best first match of 
anyone in NXT. Yeah. In ring. All time. It's like. so much fun to watch, like, his style mesh with Sammy. Sammy's still getting all of his hits in, but just, like, the way that Shinsuke commands the crowd uh, and just owned it right off the bat was fantastic. Yeah. And for mine, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Mankind versus The Undertaker at King of the Ring 1998 Hell in the Cell. This is obviously a very well-known, very infamous match. You killed him! <laughs> you know, I've got my witness, he's, he's broken, broken in, in half. half. One of my favorite calls by Jim Ross is just like, oh my god, he killed him! Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, my feelings have kind of changed about this match over the years. And, like, I used to think it was, like, so cool. And I still, I can still watch mm-hmm. it and enjoy it. But part of me has some ambivalence, some reservations... Because he did very nearly kill himself twice. Yes. Um, and Once on purpose, once on accident. Yeah, once on purpose, once on accident. And, you know, it, it feels less fun just knowing that he's out on his feet and that he's, like, in this really bad situation, mm-hmm. in a situation that would never be allowed to happen these days mm-hmm. ever again. Um, but I still do have fond memories because this match was also a portal for me to get people to watch wrestling mm-hmm. with me. Oh, because yeah, Same with my street fight. Yeah. <laughs> like, when I was at college, you know, maybe not everybody was quite sold on watching wrestling, but I could get people to watch this match mm-hmm. because it is very just... To wrestling fans and non-wrestling fans alike... Everything that happens is very just... Captivating. Yeah, like. <laughs> it's captivating. People can't believe it. Like, it's such a high drop. It's so fucking crazy. And then it's like this rocky moment of him getting back on that fucking cage. And they go at it again. And you're just like, oh my god. And then the choke slam through the cage. And then it's just like, oh no. <laughs> and the rest of the match is just like a death march. To an end, like... Taker just wanting to go home, you know, he's just like, let's go home, let's go home, Jack, and he's like, we gotta do the thumbtacks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it has some of my favorite stories of after the match where Mick asks Taker, where he's just like, did I remember the thumbtacks? <laughs> and he's just like, Jack, look at your arm. <laughs> it's covered in thumbtacks. Oh, So, I mean, you know, it's, I don't enjoy the aspect that someone legitimately might have suffered through this. That's not something I like, but it's an important thing, and it's a good thing that they never let it happen again. You know, it's like, okay, this happened that one time, let's not do it again. (laughs) You know, it's a a once-in-a-lifetime, truly once-in-a-lifetime thing. Not some twice-in-a-lifetime rock and scene bullshit, (laughs) but just some once-in-a-lifetime thing. So, No one else is getting thrown off the cage. Yeah. Everyone who's fallen off the cage has done so on their own volition. Yes. Shane. Everyone else has to have control of that. Yeah. Uh, Mick had no control. And... You know, between that and the riot footage at Ring of Honor, those are the two things that I get people into wrestling <laughs> with. And me, all you had to do was show me that shitty Chuck E. T. like 
fucking sent on over the ropes. You know? You're not you're not as bloodthirsty as other people. <laughs> oh man. Well, I think I'll do it. I'll do it. Bye. No. <laughs> that was fun, y'all. Yeah. Better than holler. Thanks for anyone that is listening still at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fun. Thanks, you boys, for doing this with me. It was cool. We tried it out. Yeah. I'm glad we tried it out. We did it. Did it go on too long? Probably. <laughs> Hundreds oh, well. a nice square number. Hundreds a nice number. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an accomplishment to say, hey, we put out a hundred episodes mm-hmm. of a podcast. Um, yeah, pretty cool. Had a good time doing it. Yes, indeed. So, uh, yeah. Last words? Nope. <laughs> I got nothing. Everything I've said, I've said. Uh, Finkel is Einhorn. Oh, shit. <laughs> Just to circle back around. <laughs> Howard Finkel is Einhorn. Yeah. Weird. Okay. May he rest in peace. <laughs> I was right. going to say, we should do like the shield thing when we say our things. All right. <laughs> With our fists. <laughs> Even though they can't see it. It's for us. Just for us. It's Just for, for us. Daddy. yep listeners thanks for being there yeah um i imagine we'll thank you thank you richie owens for allowing the the original platform for this to happen yeah thank you to our guests uh over the years Mm -hmm. pat christina on Mm -hmm. uh we had jesse on that one time that was good uh we had jules Jules. uh, julius we had aaron on Miles and Sean more recently. Shout out to Jules. Good luck up in Chicago, baby. Baby. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for being part of the podcast. I was thinking we'll, maybe we'll just keep the Twitter. Yeah, Lose the podcast aspects, but just like, I don't know, have fun. As of right now, the Match of the Week playlist on YouTube is completely up to date. And so Holy shit. just going forward, if I see shit that uh, I think y'all might like, I'll probably just keep adding to it there we go yeah tweet it out say check it out yep all that stuff oh yes cool don't email us fuck off (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true that email will exist but let's not i'm not gonna look at it (laughs) well let's end it shall we let's wrestling was cool then Wrestling is cool now. Wrestling will be cool forever. forever. As we go on, we remember all the times we wrestling together. We will see friends forever.